Ron and Fez. Knock, knock. What? It's the Ron and Fez show. The doomsday clock is ticking. Coming up on the next Ron and Fed show, we ice down the sidewalk for old people races. Then it's our special needs nativity scene. No wise men included. The Ron and Fez show. You don't want none of this. Ron and Fez, today at 11 a.m. Eastern. On the virus. Sirius XM. Sirius 197. XM 202. The virus. The Ron and Fez show starts right now. Hey, let's get down to it, Bopper. You heard her. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, uh, uh. Hey, bodies. Yeah, buddies, it's the Ron and Fez show. Time for your Ichibans, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Kicked off. Looking for your Ichiban. It's a big story of the day. Ichiban. It's what everybody's talking about. It's number one. Number one. That's how the song goes, North American Scum. We'll get your Ichiban started, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, Bill, buddy, I figured you'd be calling today. What do you got for me? 
I bet you guys plan anything to prepare by then. Ronnie, I know the uh, the Mummers Parade isn't until January 1st, but today we're going to have to strike up the band because the biggest news to come in baseball in quite some time, the Phillies shocked the world by getting Cliff Lee. Shocked the world and shocked New York City, but down Broad Street... That's how they're dancing down Broad Street today. Now, here's the amazing thing. Uh, the Yankees, first of all, he said, I have to get out of Texas no matter what's happening. He said every time he looks up in the stands, he sees George W. Bush. His arm weakens. Uh, but the Yankees offered him, and this is an amazing contract, over seven years they offered him $1.1 billion. Uh, he took that back to Philadelphia. They came back with the idea... $850 a week, plus uh, we have one of the kids uh, pick you up, drive you back and forth. You don't have to worry about the wear and tear on your car. And he takes that deal. So um, now I'd like to point out to the Yankee fans out there that when a ball player is looking to your city and they see how poorly the owner treats the franchise player, the captain, like he's a piece of fucking garbage, it may stop people from wanting to come play there. Because if you're like, if they are going to treat Jeter that way, uh, I don't know if I want to go. I don't know if I feel safe playing. And those fans should have never spit on Mrs. Lee. I think her name's Kathy. But they should never have thrown beers at her and spit on her. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ-866. Ron Zero Fez keeping the Ichibans going today. And I want to, I want you to say to yourself, hey, am I just one of these guys who sits on his thumb and doesn't get involved in the show, or do I want to pick up the telephone and be somebody? Do I want everyone to go? My God, you came up with an Ichiban. So you're not only coming up with an Ichiban, but you're feeling like you're number one. Yeah, you heard me. You're feeling like you're number one. Uh, when we hung out with uh, Dave the other night, uh, he kept giving me Ichibans all night long. That's how bad uh, he misses Ichibans. He just had a tunnel of them, and he goes, uh, Mr. B, I'm... Number one! So I want you to pull this in today for Cliff Lee, for Eastside Dave, and for the um, billions of Chinese people that can't call. For them, I want you to say, today's my day to give an I have a big story of the day. I'm ready to pick up the phone and call Ron and Fez, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. I'm not a slacker. I'm a Mr. Doobie. I'm not a Mr. Don't Be. Sean, Pittsburgh, Ron and Fez Show. Hey, Ron and B. I feel like, number one, you sound like a buck fifty, my friend. Thank you. Uh, Brett Favre's streak ends at 297 games. Now, what I pray, what I, what I send Catholic prayers out to is perhaps this is the last time we can talk about Mr. Favre and his stupid, meaningless uh, fucking streak. Yeah, you heard me meaningless. Just like in the same way when you're at your fucking graduation and they gave out that meaningless award to the kid who for four years never was late and never missed a day. Nope. 
and you thought to yourself, Dick, do you know how many keg parties you missed, you fucking pussy? That's the way I look at Brett Favre. That maybe, if you would have taken some time off, you might have a few more rings, and you might be playing for another eight to ten years. Why, well, his body's looking good. Yeah, he's, a, he's in excellent shape. He looked like the world's oldest elf sitting there. And I was happy for him that the Vikings look like shit. And I'm going to tell you right now. The Los Angeles Vikings may have to say to themselves, uh, this year's over. I know because they're all thinking about uh, buying houses for themselves in the Valley or for some of the uh, other people, the Hollywood Hills. Um. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ That's how we play it uh, Let's go over here to uh, Chris Chris, you're on the Run of Fez show Ravens beating the Houston Texans In an overtime thriller last night Yeah, they did And it was very, very funny Because the Texans uh, Extended this game Pushed it all the way back only to blow it and cost me eight fantasy points Aww. right on the last fucking strike of the game. Putting me uh, in a position where I have to say to you, I-, I might not be able to come back after my first half loss. You can still come back, Ron. Don't worry. I've had have very, faith. I've had very few uh, non-Earl games where I was able to win a game by more than 36 points. But uh, my entire team fell apart. I mean, I can't sit around... And bitch about it like I should have done this or that. Uh, Everybody on my team oh, had worst. a horrible week. I came in with my, uh, after going 10-2 and two all season, yeah. just by far the worst fucking thing that I can imagine. Now, here's what's happening in the run of Fez League. I got dominated in the first half of the, of, uh, the playoff game uh, by over 30 points. On the other side, and that was by Kathleen from the Bronx. Oh, yeah. On the other side, Blowhard gets beat up the same way by HDG. <laughs> I saw that, Both man. the girls have these giant halftime leads. And the Ron and Fez League could be looking at an all-girl Super Bowl, an all-girl championship. Which means, other than me and Fez, no one in the league is safe. And wait, oh, when I changed that, on. Fez didn't even make the playoffs. <laughs> so Fez is not safe. I, I'm not safe. Come uh, on, you're safe. Come on, I need this you know fucking what? action yeah. because it hurts you and you oh. and you're bad at it. Oh, I'm so, not yeah, bad at safe. it. I've had some bad fucking breaks this season. That's really what I depend on. Though I breaks. love playing against you. You're <laughs> awful. Um, I just have a fucking cloud over my head. Uh, Fez is definitely not safe for two facts. Uh, number one, uh, the way he started the season started strong. Petered out, didn't make any money. Oh, I thought you meant the draft, getting the Jets defense. Yeah, well, obviously. Pick. It worked for a while. <laughs> well, no, it didn't. That wasn't why you were winning games. Um, you were winning games because everybody else hadn't made their trades and pickups off the wire, which you didn't do. But you're not, you're, you're just not safe for next season, only because you're not safe in the Ron Fest show. So we have to fucking take look over all that. Uh, obviously, the kid's not going to be back next Draft year. House done. Draft one House done. will, uh, he's a one and done, a Franklin. He pulled uh, a Franklin. Yeah, he pulled a, a Franklin for himself. Okay. So I don't know where we're going with this, but obviously the two girls are safe. Yeah. Well, the two fucking... girls are amazingly safe. Um, what about Blowhard? 
Blowhard was safe until him and Fez had this odd fallout mm. yesterday. That makes mm-hmm. sense. And the fact that I had to answer emails to both Blowhard and Thor last night. Oh. Um, I think if Fez doesn't come back, I'd love to have Blowhard back, but I don't know if I can have them both there. Okay. Um, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. <laughs> Get involved, everybody. You're not some kind of scumbag uh, that's just listening to the show and not contributing. You're getting involved. Now, I thought early this morning we were going to have a Hall of Famer, a world-class football player, uh, hanging around to talk a little football with. But I understand he's had playing difficulties. Yeah, the weather's fucked everything up. So So we're thinking he won't make it? It's up in the air right now. It's a gamble. All right. It's a gamble. So if we don't do that, <laughs> I will tell you who uh, you missed. But uh, oddly, with all the people that you can count on and not count on, uh, ex-athletes are the worst. Because <laughs> they come in two different ways. Either not at all or downed out oh, Jesus. talking to you about how they've rehabbed. And I'm not giving away, but obviously it's a baseball player. Oh. But as I've got to hear how he's rehabbed, and I'm watching a guy with the nods. And trust me, motherfucker, I know what the nods are. I know when you're here, but you're not here. Yeah, those eyes weren't fully open. Yeah. That shit might get past Donald Trump, but I'm not. <laughs> now, um, but that is part of what you deal with. Now, my good friend uh, Rob Cross has always gone like this to me. Gosh, gee, because he's <laughs> from the 1950s, mm-hmm. and he's always gone, gosh, gee. You, you, you get so many great guests. I want you to promote them so I can put them in the promo in the promos. And I go, I don't trust these people. And when you do say to your listeners, hey, look who we've got coming in. This is going to be great. They look forward to it. Then you look forward to it. And then if they do pull out, you say to yourself, well, now we're all disappointed together. It's a dream crusher. And then you turn around and start to, you know, Hammer this person <laughs> that you all look forward to having yeah. come in, and then you act like you hate him because now it seems like, even though it's not personal, it's coming across as personal. So I want to get out of that thing, and I don't know how to do it. No, because they don't, I mean, you know, they and don't it care doesn't matter that. who they are. You no. can suddenly find yourself screaming, I don't know who the fuck Eve Plum thinks she is. I guess she's <laughs> too fucking high on crap. You know, like for some reason now it matters to you. And it shouldn't. There's Jeremy Coleman, who I will say this, always looks great in a jacket. And you can't say that about every man. But Jeremy Coleman looks like he was born in a jacket. Um, But that's why I don't like to announce the fucking guests, because things like this uh, come down. Um, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Tampa Rico, you're on the Run Fez show. Hey, Ronnie, just found out that Julia Assange has been released on bail over in Britain. So score one for the digital underground. Uh, you're down with the uh, with the DU. You're, you're uh, a big guy on Assange's side. You know, it's interesting. It's a, it's, it's a question of uh, is he uh, a modern-day revolutionist exposing what should have been exposed, or has he gone too far with the volume? I don't know. But it's an interesting question, and you have to wonder if there was influence by others 
including hackers and bloggers and all the all the others on the internet. Well, it is. It, it, I I will agree with you 100. percent I think it's fascinating. I think this is a a fascinating story, and I haven't come to the to the point right now of of how I completely feel about them. Um, obviously, the way that I disagree with the government is I don't see him as the person who's leaking it. No. I see him almost as the publisher of a newspaper who, when he gets information, he puts it out. Yeah, it's basically what happened, because he had sources, some military guy. fucking. Gave, I think that guy's been arrested also. So Yeah, I know. could see the fact that that person might be viewed as a traitor. They're yeah. the ones who took the oath. Uh, but it's very interesting to me when I hear people saying, well, this guy's a traitor to the United States of America, when he's not even an American. <laughs> yeah. um, and I do see this international thing and i know one world order and new world order scares the fuck out of people but we're obviously heading in that place that might not take place for a hundred or two hundred years but we're heading in that fucking direction i can tell you exactly why star trek it and everybody has to get together uh before we have world peace you're not going to have (laughs) world peace until you have people uh, come together and say, here's the rules. Now, Fez is, sees this guy as a terrorist, and he, and he fucking blah, blah, blah. But I think that Fez is just reacting to the news that he reads. I don't think he sees it as complex. You're totally open. Oh, yeah, I, like, fucking fuck lo- I fucking love this guy. I love what he's doing. And also, just as an aside, in the post, they, they posted pictures of his uh, one of the, his servers or headquarters, and it's underneath, it's underground in Sweden and looks like a James Bond fucking... All right, make sure I get to see a picture it of that. It looks crazy. Um, <laughs> but there is actually you know a very good chance that this guy could be Time Magazine's uh, Person of the Year because he's one of those people who is changing... Uh, the world. Yeah. And I don't know whether it's for the better or whether it's for the worse. And, uh, you know, I understand that every business, whether it's government or not, has to have a certain amount of secrecy. But I also believe that there could be too much secrecy. So I really do go back and forth on this. I really do. Uh, but there's no doubt that the mainstream media uh, has it in for this guy oh. because they bypass the old way of doing business for government, for corporation, for media. That scares them, and uh, they want him out. They they want to fucking get rid of him. This is his James Bond headquarters here, underground, where everything. It, it's the Batcave. Well, again, the Batcave. Would you be able to get pictures of it? That's the <laughs> fucking the fuel gimmick. How secret is this? If you were able to Google it. It does look good, though. Very silvery. Yeah, it's carved out of rock. It used to be like a bomb shelter that he just bought and fucking set up. All right, he's got he's got an odd amount of class about him. There's oh, no yeah. doubt about it. All right, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Mike, California, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey there, Ronnie B. Yeah. Out here in California, and I want to give you an Ichiban. 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 Uh, yesterday in Virginia, a uh, judge ruled that Obama's universal health care is unconstitutional, citing you cannot force uh, a citizen to uh, take something they don't want. I love the fact that, um, and thank you very much for calling, Mike, when the Republicans will get very happy about judges when it goes their way. The other time was, hey, the people want, and this was an elected official, we got to do, you know, but when it goes their way, they're like, hey, it's unconstitutional. 
Come on. Nothing you do about it. Um, it's very funny. We have just the craziest cartoon country. Uh, I can't wait till President Bloomberg gets in there. Oh, no. And straight. Well, that's wrong. You think that's going to happen? Well, we can he say he's hope. not going to run. Well, here's here's good. If he does run, if he does get elected, it becomes easier on us here in New York. We go back to being Sin City the way we always want it to be. Oh no, he'll just crack down federal law then. No. It means, yeah, but that has nothing to do with New York. Oh, okay, we are immune from federal law. Oh shit! All and right, and the we're completely under whose merit at time. But if he really cared, he'd get rid of these fucking Mickey Mouse guys in fucking Times Square. <laughs> And, of course, the Elmos and Cookie Monsters and SpongeBob. Oh, well, they're not shoving cigarettes down people's throats, so why should he care? Or throwing soup on them. Yeah, but they are, you know, spreading whatever goddamn South American diseases <laughs> they have underneath there. And they're holding children. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. This is what you got to do, ladies and gentlemen. you got to get involved like these listeners. Don't sit with your thumb up your ass. Say to yourself, mm -hmm. I'm going to take my thumb out of my ass. Oh. I'm going to grab my phone. I'm going to call up Ronnie B. And I'm going to give him a... <laughs> Daniel, you're on the Run of Fez show. Ron. Yes, sir. Got a question. Uh, I think it was the first call of the day. When he called in, he said something really fast with some numbers, and then you played the hoo-ha. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? What is that? That is a secret Julian Assange-type situation. Oh, yeah. Uh, Can you let me in on it? If you're not in, you're not in, bro. If you come uh, in come late, on. you're late. Uh, all right. I mean, that's why I look at Bill from Jersey like a brother, and he thinks of me the same way. And if, let's suppose late one night, I got drunk and I, I killed Fez, I'd be able to call Bill and say, got one to bury. And that would be if, end if of he's it. Not there. Yeah. You're not there and you can't answer. Maybe you could let me in and you could call yeah, me. I, I want you to rent a movie called Skulls. It's kind of <laughs> in that same vein. We all went to Yale together. We're all very, very wealthy uh, offspring. And we got together in this fraternity and we make sure we run the world together. And that movie Skulls just frustrates the hell out of me. Because, yes, we all were handed sports cars for joining, obviously. What fraternity doesn't get that? But this is a super secret fraternity. Um, Larry, Larry, you're on the Run of Fez show. Ronnie B. Yeah. Hey, I was wondering, did you guys get your smokes that Fez uh, confiscated out of the box the banner came in? That's a really good question. Fez, did you go back and check banner box? I looked at the bottom of the box. There is There was something there. I pulled it out. It was there. I <sighs> forgot it at home. There's but something oh, bullshit about this no. fucking story. It was down at the very bottom of this yes. long box, and this. it was bubble wrap. There was no way to see what it was. It this looked like it was good. just packing material. Well, all that makes sense, except for you got the call yesterday, did you not? Right. Did you go back and find it? Yes, I found it. Then where the fuck is it? It's at my home. Oh, is it? Guess where you're going right now. All the way back home? Yeah. That's, um, you got to catch two buses, yeah. a subway a boat, and then a tram mm -hmm. to get to your house. Uh, give it's too Haffy, windy for that tram. Give Happy the password, and off you go, up in that shaky goddamn box of terror that you have. Now I know, after being in Fez's building, why he has an elevator thing. Yeah, that fucking looks crazy in those things. His elevator is probably too small um, for the shaft, and it just bounces around, <laughs> and they're all rusty. And Russ was coming down. Russ led ba uh, bed uh, lead based pent 
And of course, uh, asbestos. We're all just falling down on me as I walk to his place. It's a death shower inside the fucking thing. And even the inside, the parts were like peeled off the wall. It was like wood paneling. It's just broken off. It looks ghetto as shit. fucking crazy. And then the one that Dave was on, he's scared of because (laughs) it it is all set up like the good fellow stuff. Yeah, I was in there with the the thing was fucking just, yeah. Got basically garbage bags lining the walls of this fucking elevator. Like you're going to walk in there, uh oh, <laughs> one in the back of the fucking head, and off you go. So things are starting to make sense about the elevator phobia. Yeah, they are. They are. Um, by the way, there's a lot of talk that with everything going so great with Paul McCartney, uh, we're now looking at something with the raspberries. Uh, raspberries from uh, the Apollo. Please go all the way is the big hit. They're in negotiations. We like to get them to play it nine times in a row. That would be fucking awesome. Hopefully it will. Hopefully it'll happen. Um, let's go over here, Jeff. Jeff, you're on the Run of Fish show. Hey, Ronnie B. You got a personal lead, Yvonne. Yeah. Uh, went from 0-4 to rattle off nine straight victories to not only win my league, but my division and get a fantasy football buy. I am a football fantasy god. Who are you playing with, though? Girls? Well, I mean, you you are too, so I guess we're even. Yeah, we are. Our girls are dominating our league. If we end up down to a bitch-on-bitch championship game, there's nothing we can do about it. Nope. And I look at you guys, and I'm just disgusted. Look, I fucking busted my ass this season. I had some really, really bad breaks. Fucking Tony Romo. Any, can I tell you? Yeah. Any bad break you got was genetic. Well, yeah, my personal life, but in fantasy football... You got the DNA of an addict. That's all you have. <laughs> it gives me some pleasure. Not often, though. Uh, we haven't done BCS uh, this week, and I don't know why we don't fucking do that on a weekly basis. BCS, this is if we were picking the number one for pro football, which I'm now starting to call Ron Bennington's kiss of death. Because <laughs> if I pick that person... Uh, that team, the following week, oh, yeah. it's the kiss of death. Hicks, who's your BCS? It's the Patriots, just dominating in that goddamn uh, snowball. Which Patriots are you talking about? New England? New England. All right, the New England Patriots, for you, number one team. Who would you pick the week before? I picked the Falcons the week before. And even though they win, they still drop for you. Yeah, they still drop because just in the snow and just destroying Chicago like that, I, it's just much more That's Watley. Um, I am also changing to the New England Patriots as my NFL BCS number one. Who did you have the week before? I had the Steelers coming off of the ugly Baltimore win. No, they won again, uh, too, this week, and you still dropped them? Yeah, they they beat up the Bengals, so I didn't see it as such a statement win mm-hmm. like they did like over the Baltimore Ravens, which was really a must-win for that division. Right. So and then the Patriots just so dominating. So just on lack of schedule this past week, right? I dropped the Steelers to number two. Uh, I am going to uh, pick a team out of Philadelphia who added Cliff Lee, and now the pitching rotation looks phenomenal. My number one football team, the Philadelphia Phillies.
I'm going to stop this. And now, because I don't have Earl and I don't have Dave, I'm going to ask the rest of you guys not even to dance. It's really? fucking pathetic. Well, two of you had no heart in it, and the third what? has zero rhythm. So <laughs> I have until, plenty of heart. Yeah. Until I can get Earl and Dave back with me, I'm not going to put up with this. No. It's just ungodly. Um, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Shocking that we picked Philadelphia Phillies as our number one NFL team uh, right now. Um, Ron, in Oregon, you're on a fuss. Mr. B. Yes, sir. I'm begging you, sir, for the BCS championship, based on what you've been telling me in the last five minutes, please pull for Auburn so the Ducks can pull this out. <sighs> Boy, it's very difficult for me to root for the South, but for you, Ron, because you asked me, in a correct way, I will bet against you. Yes. I'll, I'll push all in and tell you right now, I'm going to guarantee an Auburn victory. They can't keep up with our offense. There's no way. Uh, and then I'll just give you a little wink, wink, and whisper, good luck, Tehran. <laughs> um, it would be nice to see Oregon win that thing because, well, they never do. And I get tired of hearing the same thing. I get tired of hearing the same teams year after year after year for decades. Auburn is called the what, Fez? The Auburn Tigers. There's no Tigers down in fucking Alabama. It's a stupid name. <laughs> Make any sense. I like it if you use something like where you are Probably from. Like a local. Yeah, you got to local it up a little bit. The Giants. Oh, there's giant buildings. Yeah. We're Giants. The Patriots. Oh, okay. It started there. Mm -hmm. Philadelphia Eagles. You know. America. Uh, American Eagle. Uh, the Ravens. You know why they do that, right? No, why? Fuzzy? Oh, uh, I know. Uh, because of Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar? Edgar Allan Poe! <laughs> it's Dave oh. Edgar Allan Poe. Um, yeah, that's exactly why they do it. So all these things, you have a little tie-in. Ah, that makes it a lot better. I like, never knew that. The St. Louis Rams got their name because they stole that team in the middle of the night. Um... Carol, you're on the Run of Fez show. Say, it doesn't really matter, Ronnie, if you cheer with us or against us. I know you're not a big fan of the South, but here's a story on this. Yeah. As long as we play football, it ain't going to matter who you cheer for. So cheer for who you want to. You're not going to steal my joy. Uh, that's for sure. Auburn will beat uh, Oregon. You can bet on that. So go ahead and put up, push all your chips in in any direction you want. Carol, I like your attitude. And this is your year. Yeah, you know, I'm tired like of you sitting in the tide shade. Yeah, I feel like it's not only my year, but all the Southeast year again, because every year it is our year. Uh, in football, if you follow college football, which you Yankee boys don't do, I know, especially Pepper. No, hell no. Uh, because you got, you know, pro football and all that that doesn't really matter. But this is where the real, uh, well, guys play for the love of the game. Well, do they, or are they just getting kickbacks like your fucking star player? Well, he's not mine, but but I'll take him in this game. But everyone gets kickbacks anyway. It's it's, it's the way of the, it, that's just how it works. That's just the way of the world. So the love of the game thing is just something to throw well, out no, there, and you use the, the term love, love of the, the game, game, and then you take money behind their backs. All right, Carol. Well, it's, it's, it's a combination, but mostly love of the game. Can and I tell anyway, you something, Carol? That's, that's hearsay. Anyway, you do make me think wrong. that the South's going to do it again. I really do start to believe that. See. All right. Talk to you later, my friend. Now, you there's Carol. He's a very good friend of mine from Alabama. I don't know. Uh, who does he normally fight with? Does Me. He, fight, he wished, with um, you? 
lung cancer on me. But then, oh, yeah. not to down to asthma. Uh, and then, does he fight with you, Fez, or does he get along with you? I, I don't think I've had a fight with Carol yet. Yeah. Well, normally he calls in the early part of the show, but I'm glad to see you involved in here today, Fez. Now, did Hicks come over and you guys drink that beer? No, I called and invited him. I had one leftover hoagie that I offered him, and he didn't want to come over. I have to stay I home. Know. It's like uh, he doesn't want to be there alone with me. I don't know what he thinks going to happen. Get blown? Oh. Or cornholed? I don't even know if people oh. still use the word cornhole after. I don't know. I think sixth grade. <laughs> what is that game, cornhole? Um, here's uh, Julie. You're on a fez. Julie. Hey. Hey, Ron. How are you? Good, darling. Hey. You're, are you saying that the Auburn Tigers um, is a funny mascot, but you don't have a problem with Oregon Ducks? Well, there are ducks there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, not, uh, Julie, I'm glad that you point this out to me, because I don't have anybody on my staff to say what you had the balls to say. Uh, that 99% of what I say is just absolutely ridiculous. Don't say that. Yeah, 99%. No. But one percent of what I say is brilliant. Hey, Ron, I love you, man. All right, thank you so much, Julie. Ron and Julie, there we are, two buddies together. She's calling from Alabama. She's proud. I can see this time of year. There's a lot of excitement level for your little team. You get all excited. I want my team to win. I know if I was living up there in New England, I'd be happy as could be. I know my Jets friends are just <laughs> devastated. After the last couple of weeks, when they see that their entire fucking year has just been a hard knocks fantasy. No, it's been just a sham. Rex Ryan's yeah. a douche. If you're cheering for a team because they're on hard knocks, you might as well just start and say, I think that the Real Housewives of New Jersey are going to win the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> Could have a chance. I guess so. I know they ha they hair pull. They had that 9-2 and two start, and they really need to win out if they want to keep their wild card spot. You better worry about your Bucks winning out. They got to win out, too. And you told us just a few weeks ago, nine wins is going to get you into all we've got to do. <laughs> the NFC was so lousy that it seemed like nine wins would be doable. Now it looks like they're going to need 11 yeah. to get a wild card. But this is the only, second wild card. This is only like three weeks ago that you gave us the nine wins rule. <laughs> all we've got to do is win nine. I'm going to go over, have some deep-fried macaroni, and watch it with my friends on the, on the island. That deep-fried macaroni is your, uh, your big go-to thing now, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. It's good for you. Mac and cheese bites. Mm -hmm. It's very good for you. I wonder why you keep having heart attacks. Probably no reason. Giant fried plate of cheese and pasta. It's just... Heredity is what it is. Is it because your grandfather also used to eat deep-fried cheese? And positive. I'm glad that you're giggling because we go through this thing of I don't know what to do. And then he shows up with the craziest fucking food the other day that we find out that he eats. It's kind of like a hodgepodge, really. I was really surprised about the fried macaroni fucking squares or rectangles, whatever you want to call them. Well, what time was it supposed to be? Later on. But I, later on. 1230. Um, okay, so, all right, yeah, it's all right with me. I'll go either way. Um, here, uh, here's, uh, Chris, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, uh, yeah, I mean, I was born in Mobile, Alabama. I was raised in Tennessee. 
All these people calling in from Alabama is full of shit. All Auburn gets cream, man. I'm talking about cream. Now the Ducks pick their leg up and shit on them. Um, so why are you so angry with Alabama? Any self-respecting Roll Tide fan wants Auburn to lose every single game. I see. Yeah. Um. All right, there we have it. Uh, the, the when there's an in-state thing like that, again, it's then you end up hating that even more. So it's not like if you're in, let's say, Florida, and okay, Florida's not doing well, but Florida State is. No. So we hope they win it. No, it's just the opposite. Not only do you want them to lose, but you. Uh, you want the stadium to fall down around their fans. Oh, that's fucked up. Come on. It is. It's fucked up. Same, same place here. Uh, Randy. Randy, you're on the run of Fez show. Fez, I'm going to ask you a question. You're saying the Jets got to win out to get the wild card. I disagree. They should defend the last two weeks. I understand that. But who in the AFC is going to more have to 10 wins? The Colts aren't. The Chargers aren't. The Kansas City Chiefs aren't. Do your math, big man. Well, you're, you're going to have Pittsburgh or Baltimore this getting is, one. This, this is turning ugly. So there's that. There's that. It's either they're gonna, not a wild card. Which one? Now you got one wild card between them. Who's the? Oh, now you're looking it up. Now come on. What are you doing? I wanted to just check on something. Well, we don't want. It's not the Ron and Google show. You gotta have your own opinion. I don't want you going over. Let's see what Google tells me. By the way, Golden Globe nominations are out today. Oh, yeah. um, and it's very weird. The Riddler was not nominated. But he is planning to give away one of the awards. Um, Which one? I think newcomer. Oh. Uh, Steve, you're on the Run of Fez show. Oh, oh God. Oh, who's running the phones today? I believe yeah. it's Steve Tyson. Send me in, Steve Tyson. Tyson, get in here. Um, Steve Tyson's coming in towards the end of his... Mm-hmm. Internship. Yeah. Is there an internship of uh, love? Steve Tyson, you guys have been doing amazing keeping him off the air. You don't know how legitimately pissed off I am that he got through. No. Um, what are you going to do about it? How do you get even with him? Um, I'm going to figure it out, and I'm going to get this son of a bitch. All right. Yeah. I like, I like the thing, but I will say this. You've done an amazing job with the Radio Shark. You guys have all but handcuffed him. He got one in today. It's going to happen. Nobody's yelling at you for this. Nobody's angry. But we're just pointing out that you guys are doing so great. Don't lose focus. Don't start to what we're now calling Draft House Kid this thing where you, after starting so strong, slow it down. No, Eastside Dave, I don't mean you and your drinking. I'm talking to the kid. Because every time oh, yeah. I kept calling him Start Strong the other night, he, fucking Dave would go like this. I'm sorry, Mr. B. I was hammering those beers at first, and now I can't. Oh, what a weak head he has. I just want to point out to any Sam and Dave fan who thinks that Dave goes high in. He took two fucking hits off the thing and wanted to fucking climb the walls. Oh yeah. Yeah, he uh and he we had to for I had to force him to fucking take those hits. I was yeah. like, "Come on, Davey Mac. Fucking hit that shit." He he maybe goes lowing, but he <laughs> definitely 
has nothing to do with Hayan. Um, all right. Uh, that's all. Thank you very much. I want you to be ready today. I might want you to do a set, or I might want you to play Be a Joke, or Tell a Joke or Be a Joke. When's your last day with us? Um, I'm not sure. Sometime uh, soon. Sometime soon. He'll, he's going to finish out the, uh, the I'm until vacation with, okay. with us. You had to talk for him? You like that kid? You like Steve Tyson? Yeah, I like Steve Tyson. He's yeah. a bit odd. But you don't like don't anyone like as much as you've ever, ever liked that bowling kid, though, do you? Oh, <laughs> Fast Freddy? Yeah. That fucking asshole fucked me over. Yeah, he did. But, well, yeah, he was, for whatever reason, he was likable. I don't know. Dave and I took You and David Dorr, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and his fucking wiped out characters. He was your characters. draft house kid. He was to you what the draft house kid was to me. Freddy was, was the apple of our eyes. I got a lot of email yesterday from people who uh, said to me, thank God you finally see what we saw in the Draft House Kid. Wow. And then a lot of other people who said um, you were too hard on the kid. You expected too much out of him, and you gave him too much. So it was like a, basically a mixed bag of... of well, like, both of it was agreeing that it's turned into a train wreck, <laughs> but it was just a ma matter of who was the engineer. Was it me or was it the kid? <laughs> I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll still stick with what I said yesterday. I think that he came in really strong and he fucked himself up with school-wise and then that, and that, and that reality set in. Right. You had a cool head about this whole thing. You weren't <laughs> getting as emotional as he and I was. But when I came in here today, I saw him. He was over at the intern fucking computer yeah. and he goes like this to me. He looked outside and went, good morning. Oh. Just good morning. And we used to have a big happy moment every day and he yeah. would be like, um, did you get those CDs I sent to you? Good, good. By the way, did you get that DVD today, or do I got to get the boot from him? Um, don't even worry about it. That that fell through. Jesus Christ! Again, I just want to <laughs> talk to Rob Cross and go. This is why I don't give out guest names on the air. And here's the weird thing: then there'll be some other crazy guest that we never heard of. Who's a uh, Paul Newman's out? Ghost is outside the door. Could you take him in two minutes? I guess. We gotta get some prep material together. No, no prep material. He just wants to go out off the outside of his head, all about string theory and how he was able to come back. What? Seriously? And then, bam, 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 bam. He wants to come into that theme music. <laughs> Why didn't you go to Fez's house last night? Why didn't you split a hoagie and a half a keg with him? I had the fucking worst agit in the world, and I just went home and passed out. To be preface up, my friend. When are you going to fucking believe me about the preface? I believe you. Although I... now saying that, I don't think I have my morning preface. Oh, today. you got some tums there, though, right? Yeah, I'm not going to fucking eat those things. They're bad for you. Uh, yeah, probably, but I'll have some later, most likely. I'm not the, unless they buy spots here, because I don't want to. You know, I'm always fucking pissing somebody off down the hall with what I'm saying. Oh, fuck that. Well, I know you say fuck that, but you don't end up down there here. Rape's never funny. Oh. Not in the middle of a spot. Um, but Fez is good. They always love the way Fez does the spots because he reads the spots. Yeah. Why I try to act like, well, what would this spot be like in a different world? Exactly. But the, I guess the suits don't like that. They don't like... Uh, no, they, they like sort of... Fez to read about fuzzy pajamas and warm nights and whatever the fuck those people Don't they understand this is a reimagining of pajamagrams or Thank carbonite? You. Thank or you. Whatever the fuck. That's what I like to do. I like to reimagine. Yeah. You got a comic book culture, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. I, well, when I was younger, I read a lot of comic books, but I just gave up on it because I get them for free. Did you used to read the comic book and sit there and finger your vagina? No. I don't have a vagina. 
I have cock. Right. But then, then I'm fucking baffled. Well, Here I thought we had three girls in a football league. Uh-uh. Get a hold of HTG and Kathleen and say that they're the only ones that are. Um, I'm looking over this right now for next week. I am predicted to beat Kathleen by 20 points, which means I would lose the championship by all, by 15 points. What the fuck? Now, having said that, these same ESPN fuck bastard shitheads mm-hmm. had me up to win by 40. Yeah. And I, lo- I lost by 37. I was off by 77 fucking points. We might have to abandon ESPN as the... I'm done with them. The league. I want to go with Fox Sports next year. Okay, let's go. I don't know if they have anything like that. They will. Um, want to let everyone know that Search, Search, Hurry Up and Search is coming up a little bit later. Fantastic prize today, people. Make sure you're following at 202 Friends. It is a CD copy of Sol Bossa Nostra, signed by Quincy Jones. Wow, Quincy Jones, the genius. Uh, can I bust balls just a little bit without hurting your feelings? Okay. New verbal crutch that oh. you have. Okay, what is it? I want to let everyone know. Really? That's the new way that you start um, when, you, when you're when you reading something. The odd thing is, when I was saying it, I was conscious of another verbal crutch that I that? didn't go to. I've been saying legendary over and over again. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Okay. Who, who do you call legendary? Um, I think I, got, I called Marlo Thomas legendary. Uh, I was getting ready to call Quincy Jones legendary. Yeah, but they are. They're two legends. And Quincy, I, I agree, but I just wanted to think of a different word for it. Quincy Jones, in particular, a legend. A legend. Um, let's uh, go over here. Snowy, you're on my face. Hey, guys. How you doing? Yeah. Hey, uh, Detroit's been the death of two great streaks. First, Lou Gehrig's uh, Iron Man streak ended in Detroit, and now Brett Favre's ended in Detroit. Um, yeah, and, of course, the auto industry. So that's three fantastic <laughs> American institutions that couldn't make it anymore. Now, Fez, let me ask you this, too, about that thing that you do every day. How come you don't use the sounder? You guys went out of that way to make the sounder and it was going to be like a big oh, yeah. legendary thing. Stupid slip of the mind. I like that term, slip of the mind. Um, um Todd, you're on Fez. Hey, hey, fellas, how are you? Good. What can we do for you? Hey, I just want to let you know I feel horrible for all these cars that were snowed in. Today on Phoenix is going to be a high of about 78. I'm going to go out and have a beautiful picnic with my woman. Eat some food for all those people locked in their cars that were snowed in. I mean, well, how come you never call me in the summer and say it's 137 today and my, do- and my dog died? <laughs> well, my dog did die last year. I actually died of heat stroke my dog last year. Yeah, yeah, that's not shocking. That's what would have happened if you have a dog in the desert. Now, what you need is a pet lizard. Uh, you ever been out to the desert? Nope. I always, in the back of my mind, I thought to myself, oh, I would hate a desert. I would hate a desert. I get out to the desert. Call me George O'Keefe if you want to. I love it out there. All right there, George O'Keefe. I don't even understand why I liked it so much. I couldn't get it in my mind. It just felt great. And I'm really thinking about one day just ending up getting a house in the Badlands. And just sitting there in the middle of the Badlands. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> all by myself drinking. 
No, no, we're drinking. Enjoy the desert. Oh, I forgot. Everybody can have a fucking drink, but Mr. B, <laughs> you're over there fucking rolling your thin-ass fucking joints. Thin-ass joints? I was yeah. rolling some fucking fat blunts. Oh, were you? Yeah. Because I have a fucking word to call your joint. But I wouldn't hurt my best friend Earl's feelings. I got to come up with another phrase. <laughs> but that's what it reminded me of. Oh, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't fuck around. That was not fucking uh, a fucking blunt. Calling that thing a blunt would be an embarrassment. Oh, that was a blunt. Well, then you're an embarrassment. Oh, no. Um, Paul, Chicago, you're on my Fez. Trying to be what it do, baby. Yeah. Let me ask you a question, Fez. What about this? You can say, instead of legendary, you can say super terrific, or you could also say fabulous or fierce. I understand that that's uh, kind of big in, you know, in the community. Um, so what you're looking is for other things to say besides uh, legendary. Right, yeah. I didn't want to get stuck on the same word over and over. How about you call Mr. Quincy Jones king of the fat cock? As a way of letting people know out there. Now, you know, there's this new thing. And I'm all fucking kidding aside. I'm furious enough to beat someone to death. There's this new uh, uh, fucking Michael album. I think it's coming out today. And, you know, Michael's dead. Michael Jackson's dead. So they're going to keep re-releasing yeah. mm -hmm. all the albums that he never would have released. And Quincy, or Q, as I called him, Said, I can't even hear Michael in there. There's other people singing. Oh. Three of the songs, I don't know if it's Michael. The producer of the album said this about Quincy Jones. Maybe he's just too old to hear Michael. He's so old now, what? he doesn't even hear anymore. I fucking read that. And I just, I fucking took the newspaper I was reading and tore it. And then I thought to myself, hold on. You're not even, this isn't even a newspaper. This is a laptop. I had taken a laptop and tore it in fucking half oh, like a Russian strongman. It's ridiculous. And then I was so furious, I went out today and there was a delivery guy, one of the little, I'm going to say Central Americans driving by. Mm. I see him and I thought to myself, what if that was that fucking guy who said that about Quincy Jones and I fucking push him over, but push just, him off his bike in front of a fucking bus. Just, uh, wait, you, so you murdered a random delivery boy? I don't think he was murdered. I know he, screamed, he was still screaming when I walked away. Oh but the point is this. I did that for Quincy Jones. You, mur you well, assaulted a stranger. You know what? Assaulted. Are, are you fucking focusing on the worst part of this or the fucking part that you should be furious about too? Of what this meant, not only attacks Quincy Jones, who is a genius, but attacks him for his age, which always annoys me because you're like, well, what should the guy fucking do? Die? I'd rather have a, a world with an older Quincy Jones in it than a dead Quincy Jones. That guy's a dick. Whoever said that, obviously. What's well, the guy who produced shit. this? Michael. Fucking well, fuck album. him. Fuck any producer signed on any of those other things. Things. There's also a fucking Wii game, com Wii game coming out where you can play as Michael Jackson, dance around. It's fucking ridiculous. Well, then they're also doing the autopsy over in England. Oh. Which, um, by the way, who won uh, X Factor last night? Do we know? On the British one, I'll yeah. check. I hope it was the boy band. I'll be fucking, we're all going for it at the same time. We've got a team of people who play Search, Search, Hurry Up and Search. It's Matt Cardle. So fucking disappointed about that. Oh, they're not the ones that sang with Robbie Williams. Uh, X Factor is the big show that uh, Simon is bringing here. 
it was watched by 21 million people in England. Jesus. And they and they go, why do you love this show so much? And they said, and I thought this was brilliant. The people of England said, it's like watching someone hold their ass up to a TV screen and shit. And I thought we it's that show is going to be so enormous in this country. British people like that. Yeah. It's like watching shit come out of their fucking into um, their television sets. I don't know what they do. I'm not going to fucking tell you this. I don't know whether you, you know this, but Philadelphia threw those fuckers out of the United States of America. I just like to point this out to the rest of the other fucking states. Hey, you're welcome. And B, how you like that constitution we came up with? We think it's a good one. It's badass. And C. See how fucking strong you're feeling when Cliff Lee fucking is back in town now. This is like that fucking song, Lulu is back in town, except for Cliff Lee. Put Paranoid on this. I okay. want a song called Cliff Lee's back in town. Back like in, town. in a fucking parody sense. Fuzzy, you had something to tell me about the British TV and how you feel about it coming here in the United States. I'm setting you up. There is a new show they're developing. It's Mark Burnett, the uh, producer of Survivor. Well, he's not developing it. It already exists in the Netherlands. This is how Mark Burnett gets ideas. Something works in another country. <laughs> he brings it here. But his big switch is, I have everyone speak English. So this one is going to be called The Voice of America. It's called The Voice in Europe. Uh, no, it's actually, I think it's The Voice of the Netherlands. It's just yeah. a big Netherlands um, Oh, okay. So, in Holland or whatever, yeah. Holland, was well, there a difference between Holland and the Netherlands? I can never fuck. And they're also Dutch, right? Yeah. And then there's Belgium. What? So I don't know where that falls into either. Well, they're definitely different, right? I think Belgium is different from Netherlands, but they may be like connected. Well, that's geographically. like a, that's like us in Mexico. Does that make us Mexicans? I hope not. Or New Jesus Mexicans? Christ! Every time I turn around. Sorry. So, oh yes, I absolutely do <laughs> okay. want that. All right, I, I'm just making sure. Oh my God! Yes. <laughs> yes. Um. So do we not uh, bring him in anything? Do we do we know how we're bringing him? In? We'll find out out there. Yeah. Um, so I'm sorry, Fez. What were you saying? The Voice of Belgium. So the Voice is going to be a new show in the United States, new singing competition, and it's re it's going to go up against Idol in the spring, possibly. So yeah, that that's what they think so far. Yeah, but they they they're saying it may possibly go against. Like, even in the same time period. And I think with the format of The Voice, it's going to be bigger than Idol. It's, it's going to really, really put a dent in Idol. What they do is they have celebrity judges who listen to the singers, but they don't see them. They don't see what they look like, and they go by the voice just by themselves. And then what they do is they put them through to the next round and also decide if they want to become a mentor to that voice as well. Well, first of all, the mentor is ripped off from X uh, Factor because that's what that whole bit is about. Um, so they're just taking another format and bringing it here. But I don't understand the just listening instead of watch. It's fucking TV. What they've proposed to themselves is let's put radio yeah. on television. What is going to happen with the camera? Why... The judges are listening. We're going to look at the judges. Listen. We're going to see the. We're going to see the singers. And we're what could? Then what do we fucking care then? And then, then the, we know whether the person looks fucking goofy. And then the judges will have their back to the performers, so they can't see them. All right, stupidest fucking show ever. Now this show is going to. You know, it's like everyone fell in love with that Susan Boyle. 
And now this show, since they can't go by looks, this is going to just have tons of Susan Boyles in it. And America's well, going to fall in love. Well, look, here's the deal, though. They, they fell in love with Susan Boyle because of the way she looked. And the, the fact that she was retarded. That worked to her advantage. There are a lot of people who look strange and people get behind them. So you don't want to take that away. Uh, but what I, what I do like is it sounds like they just stole the, the X Factor gimmick of that the celebrities will mentor them. Yeah, they did. Those holland assholes are just fucking stealing. Well, These Mark, towns... Burnett, Mark Burnett is like a fucking fence for uh, European <laughs> reality shows. All right, we're going to break here. Uh, and then uh, we'll be back uh, and just stay uh, a little bit with a lot more, including something that's driving you crazy, Chris Stanley. Uh, yeah, um, iTunes re has released their the biggest selling album of two thousand uh, song of two thousand ten. Oh, great, great! I can't wait to hear it. Oh yeah, you you I won't be able to wait. I hope it's say yeah. <laughs> I really hope it's say yeah again. <laughs> uh, right back, you'll hear the number one song of the year, Run and Fest Show. You're listening to the Ron and Fez Show on the Virus, Sirius 197, It's the Ron and Fez Show. Coming up in just a couple of minutes, uh, we're going to have the legendary actor Danny Aiello stopping by. And Danny has, uh, as well as being one of our our greatest actors, who his, I think his first line I ever remember him doing was in Godfather 2. Huh? One line, Michael Corleone says hello. <laughs> um awesome. And then just Woody Allen films and on and on and on. Moonstruck, all these. Uh, yeah. yeah, he's great in that. He's just great in it. Um, I think a lot of people forget about Moonstruck. I don't know why. Nobody forgets about it. I think people forget about it. Well, I wonder if then I'll have to call the Oscar people and say, why did you end up giving uh, out so many Oscars to that <laughs> forgotten film? Um, Nick Cage they, was great in that. They probably don't understand. One of my favorites is uh, that he was in that was called Dinner Rush, which is filmed down near Mikey Boy's house in Tribeca. And it's just um, a kind of a restaurant movie. Nice. A restaurant gangster movie. <laughs> cool. Um, but it's um, it's kind of a sad situation. Well, it's not kind of. It's an extremely sad situation. He's dedicating this album to his son, who he lost this year. And I believe the proceeds are going to this fight against uh, pan pancreatic cancer. Uh, but Danny is just one of those type of guys that everybody uh, feels like they know. Oh yeah, I've yeah, I grew up watching all all these films you just mentioned. Yeah, it's, it's just amazing. It's like it's Danny Aiello. It's awesome. Do the right thing. Come on. Do the right thing is an amazing film that he it's was crazy. in. Crazy. Um, you're right about that. Do the right thing. Now there's a film that got ripped off. There's a film that didn't get the Oscar nomination that absolutely should have. Oh, hell yeah. Well, they don't, they don't like Spike. They don't like Spike very much, do they? I don't get it. Come on. Goes to Nick Games. He seems like a cool guy. He used to live across the street from my old high school. Well, here's the deal. You know, he's such a New York guy and not a Hollywood guy. Oh, yeah. That it's, uh, it's difficult for them. 
All right, so that's coming up in just a couple minutes. Now, uh, Fez is outside doing his meet and greet thing. So why we're saying that, why didn't you go to Fez's house last night? I couldn't have gone, Ronnie B. Did you take a hoagie home? Oh, yeah, I took three hoagies home. That's what I ate for dinner last night, a hoagie and a so half. So he wasn't going to lure you back with a hoagie <laughs> because uh, you already had one. Yeah, that's right. And But I woke up with less uh, heartburn today, which was great. Probably because of not giant blocks of fried macaroni and cheese. Though. That was the thing that probably did it. Yeah. I was shocked. Good going down. I was shocked to see uh, that he eats that. Now, I'm just being told this as we sit here. Not only is Danny Aiello going to come in because he's got this uh, Christmas album out called My Christmas Song for You. What he wants to do is he has some instrumental tracks. And he is going to sing Christmas Crazy. song. Yeah, it's great. It's awesome. It's uh, he's going to sing Christmas songs uh, for you. So I want you to consider this, just like your own little Christmas present from uh, from us here at Sirius Radio. Because how often do you get a, a major movie star who wants to come in and sing along with an instrumental track? Never. Um, no, it never happens. I've never heard of it happening before. Uh, but if you can put, pick up this uh, album, My Christmas Song for You, it's one of those things that would be a great Christmas gift to give somebody because oh, yeah. it's like one of these one-of-the-kind stuff, and you know the uh, the money is all going to uh, a very good cause. And I like the cover of it. Yeah, I'm going to probably ask him about this cover. It's very cool. It looks like it's uh, painted here. I don't know who did it, but it looks like it's his neighborhood. Oh, yeah. West End and 68th Street. That's nice. It's a West Side guy. Wait, I don't know. Do you make it to the West Side very much? Yeah, I'm all over. Well, up in that area, once you get down on the other side, it's very mysterious to me because there's just a ton of homes. A ton of homes, and then not a lot of restaurants and shopping. No. All along that Hudson. And I'm like, well, how far do those people have to go? For they get their laundry done and it's uh, fucking crazy. Because that's like Eleventh or Twelfth Avenue, and the last train goes to Eighth Avenue. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's no man's land over there. And uh, well, I guess it's Danny Aiello's land. That's true. There's the beauty of it. Sorry, Danny. Um, all right, so uh, we'll bring him in. It's Danny Aiello, and this uh, he kind of sets this up with what the album's about. But it's called My Christmas Song for You. This album has special significance to me. My son Danny is the inspiration for the making of it. Unfortunately, he will not be present for its release. Danny passed away May 1st, 2010, of pancreatic cancer. This album is dedicated to him. Please join me in the singing of a song that has become my favorite song of all time. Written by Hoagie Carmichael, lyricist Paul Francis Webster. Danny Three, this one is for you, son. My Christmas song for you is all Tried and true 
like jingle bells in chestnut dells, a valley white with snow. My Christmas song for you is all the old things in review. Uh, this is the brand new album that Danny Aiello has done for us, and it's my Christmas song for you. Danny, what a pleasure to have you come here. And uh, this song by Hoagie Carmichael, how did you even find this song? Well, my piano player, who's also Woody Allen's piano player, I like wow. to say he's mine, you know, but yeah. Woody's a little taller than I am. <laughs> no, not really. I'm 6'3". He's a midget, for Christ's sake. <laughs> And hard to work. He doesn't pay too much either. But um, he, uh, Connell and I, we were working on a Christmas album up at his house in Nyack and uh, with my band leader, Joe Geary. And out of nowhere, he pulls out this obscure song. He said, geez, Denny, I think it's something you may like. Yeah. So I placated him. I looked at it, my Christmas song for you. And I'm, well, I, okay, and I put it on the side. I'm sitting with it for about two weeks, and I bring it back to rehearsal at his house, and I'm sitting with Lou Baldonari, who's the project director. And I said, Lou, listen to this song. Do you see this song? So I'm, I'm beginning to learn it, and I'm falling in love with it. Mm -hmm. And before you know it, Louis says to me, you know, that would be a good name for an album. And I said, that's the name. It's going to be my Christmas song for you, and that's where it came from. It was recorded once, Ron, yeah. in uh, 1940 by the Mills Brothers. It's a, it's a wonderful little song. I just love it to hell, you know. And it's amazing that, you know, by such a great songwriter that it's been kind of left on the shelf for so long when we've got so many people doing Christmas songs every year. It surprises year. me why yeah. no one found it. There was another song which is an obscure song which I put in my act whenever I'm performing. Because Bobby Darren was one of my favorites. She probably sure. was the one who molded my life musically. Not in any tragic way. It's just that I remember his music as being a very happy time for me, or many happy times yeah. for me. He did a song called The Curtain Falls, which he technically never recorded in the studio, but he did record it live. And how did he get it? He was watching a Bob Hope show, a tour show. And Bob Hope was playing the song uh, Curtain Falls, and... Uh, he said, can I use that, Mr. Hope? And he said, of course you can. So it became one of his 
I, I would think that Bobby was using it as his closer. And it was Curtain Falls, and I had never heard that song either. Yeah. And I was talking to Paul Anker about it, and Paul was a big fan of Bobby also. Never heard of the song. And before you know it, I'm doing it. I'm saying, this is a great song. Yeah. Where the hell has this song been? Same feeling I have with my Christmas song for you. Um, and by the way, the album was just gorgeous as well. The, That's an oil painting yeah. done by Gennaro D'Alessio, who calls himself Jimmy DeLucio. <laughs> it was a little too Ginzo-ish, you know what I mean? So he made it like a little Michelangelo, you know what I yeah. mean? He wants to be known as Michelangelo, my boy Gennaro. <laughs> but he is, he's done this for me. On He's a special kind of a painter. And uh, the project was very moving for me. As you mm -hmm. know, Ron, I, I lost my son and... And in May, my son Danny, who was a big stunt coordinator, and yeah. uh, I wanted something special. I didn't want it just to be an album with a picture of me, you know, some vanity thing. There is a picture of me, of course, on the album at the front, but the only contemporary piece on the album face is me in 2010. But if you look at all the rest of the painting on the album, you'll notice that's all 1939. Yeah. You'll see me standing in the setting. That's all 1939, those buildings, the fire escapes. Everything that you see there is 1939, which no longer exists on West 68th Street. It is now Lincoln Center or a part thereof. And if you see all the way down in the corner, I know your audience yeah. can't see it now, but if they happen to get it, they'll see it. There's a little face that's looking out of a subterranean basement. You see the lit up yeah. area? That's me when I was six years old looking at me under the lamppost in 2010. So that's what that is. It's very significant. Jimmy understood what I wanted. Of course, this was dedicated to my son, Danny, and and it came out in, in pictures. You know, right. the, these are the dreams that I had. And I said, Jimmy, I need this. I need that. He started with a little pencil drawing at a restaurant. Before you know it, he came up with this magnificent piece of art, which... I love better than the album. <laughs> yeah, it's really, really gorgeous. It was Thanks. one of the first things because when I picked this up, I was looking at it on the way back, and I'm like, "This is stunning." And that, you know, you you brought up like you know using uh, Woody as piano player, and you've got that New York thing too. Like right. so many of the films that you've done yeah. have been that New York thing. I'm and, a New York Ginzo yeah. guy from where it go. You know what uh, I mean? But I'm not. I'm not one of those real Ginzos. You right. know what I mean? Because I have no tolerance of them. I speak a little better English whenever yeah. it's necessary. But I have played characters which I say are a little too Ginzo. -ish, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm trying to get away from that. Yeah. Stuff. I was going to say shit, but I don't know if I. You're can allowed say to say. Yeah, yeah, you're allowed to say shit here. It's okay. <laughs> I, just, I have never said shit on radio before. Yeah. I want you to know that I have never done it before. You guys excused me and gave it, me the right to yeah, do it. Yeah, anything that you want to say here, <laughs> you can. Okay. Um, but uh, so with this film, uh, with this, I call it a film because it kind of does have a cinematic feel to the entire album. And that you've done something that I don't see a lot of people do. You tell stories as well as sing these songs. Yeah, the at the beginning of the album, as you know, the song yeah. uh, "Underneath Me" is being played, uh, my Christmas song for you, right. which I conclude the album with. It was like a bookend thing. I mm -hmm. wanted the story to be told at the beginning and the story at the end, and all the wild music in between. Uh, and uh, the idea of the the thing at the beginning again, I was talking to Connell and. Uh, who was my piano player, and Joe Geary, my band leader, and Lewis, and we were discussing what I was going to do at the front. So we were thinking like everyone thinks. 
what is the name of the Christmas thing? Uh, my Christmas? The Night Before Christmas, the night before Christmas right. which of course is a great, it's a poem, a musical yeah. poem, which is done by many, many people and has been done for years. I said, I don't want to do that. And I had planned to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I was going to do it and then get into the album. I said, no, I want to write my own. So, of course, I took theatrical license in some areas of the opening poem. But basically, it's based in fact. There are little things that I don't remember exactly at the age of six of saying to my mother, but I imagined some of those things were exactly the things that I had said. But my grandfather working me up at six in the morning to give me a nickel, and I got excited because a nickel meant so much then. And it was the first tree that I remember. So I looked into my parlor, and I saw a tree. It looked more like a Hanukkah bush. It really wasn't a major <laughs> tree, you know, because right. I grew seven foot. The bigger the trees, the the more the greater it was when I was a kid growing up. But we were very poor. We didn't have a father. And mom raised seven kids for a while, then six. So there wasn't really anything. So when I looked in the parlor and I saw this tree, it wasn't a very big tree, but it was a tree. And in later years, someone in the family told me that my sister Helen might have pinched it. Well, it isn't that she might have pinched it. She did. She stole the tree. She stole the goddamn tree in the first tree. And you know, like in the album, I, I say that it was decorated in such a way that you could not imagine it today. I mean, the yeah. kids today wouldn't appreciate it. So what are you kidding? That right. is a shit. But when I looked at that tree, it had bottle caps, colored bottle caps that were tied to different color shoestrings. And on the, on the tree also, as a decoration, was socks that we wore that were filled with tiny little candies. Yeah. So, I mean, to think of that, you know, it, it was an exquisite thing, and it was something I said I have to write about. Who'd believe that shit? You know, and, the, and you can't believe it because it actually happened. But isn't it kind of amazing when you think back to those years, the less you have, it doesn't take that much to bring happiness. Yes. And then when you have so much like, you know, we're able to achieve in this country, it gets harder. You know, you hear about depression and anxiety, but people worry more the more things that they have. Complexity. Look, before I was an actor, I was constantly, I was a thief. I did fucking things that you can never (laughs) I fucking hit people. I I worked at the improvisation. I I did the craziest shit you can imagine. When I thought, I, I always had a fear of being homeless, you know, the children not being able to to afford to keep a roof over their head. So I was very nervous about things. When I, I worked at the improvisation, I was making $150 a week. I couldn't support a family on 50 so I went out and I did some things. I never hurt anybody. Right. I never physically confronted. I never sold drugs. I've always been anti-drugs. But I did shit, man. I yeah. went into second floors, you know, in places that were empty. I saw safes. Yeah. I did not open the fucking safe. I threw it out a window. If it opened, <laughs> then we did. If it didn't open, we went downstairs. We took the safe. We put it in the fucking car, drove it to a junkyard mm-hmm. and we beat it with sledgehammers until it opened <laughs> sometimes i got a dollar sometimes 20 the biggest score was 500 dollars. so i yeah. did i did all of that crazy shit you know and but but you think but, that came from lack of security you never yeah, felt comfortable. only because of family i yeah. would never have done those things had i been responsible for myself right and i am not excusing myself for the things that i've done i was lucky i didn't get busted right. i have nightmares to this day about shit that i did and wondered why I didn't go away because of it. And the reason I didn't go away was because I wasn't caught. So Mm -hmm. I was one of those guys that were lucky. But again, it wasn't a major crime. It wasn't against another individual. It wasn't drugs, but it was illegal. And I did those shits. But let me tell you something. When I became 
forgive me, quote-unquote famous, mm -hmm. where, where I can walk in Paris, I can walk in Spain, and a group of kids will follow me and say, that's Danny Aiello. It's a wonderful, proud moment. But complexity enters your life at that time like you could never imagine. When I had a quarter in my pocket, I had some of the greatest days of my life. When I worked at the improv, although I always had that fear about being homeless, they were the happiest moments right. of my life. I was struggling, struggling, but the struggle was a good struggle. Now you're worried about who the fuck is robbing your money. Yeah, you right. You know, I had this financial advisor. He ripped me for this. You don't know if you're going to make fucking money. Or, and actors, historically, we don't know anything about money. Yeah. We don't know shit about money. All we know as actors is someone's going to steal our fucking money when we make a lot right. of it. Because we don't pay attention to it. And then there's that, I guess, that other fear that, you know, what is the next project? I mean, it's not like you yeah. have a, a steady gig. I mean, your your career looks phenomenal yeah. from this point of view, but as you're going along, you had no, no idea. Right, if there's going to be uh, another Woody Allen film, a Spike Lee film, you never know. Ron, you're yeah. so right, because, you know, you got to get lucky more than once as an right. actor. By that, I mean, because each time you do a gig, you finish, you're unemployed. Right. You do a gig, you're unemployed. You always have that fear in your mind. Am I going to get another fucking job or not? <laughs> Am I going to get another job? Because each job is finished. Then the other job. Who's going to give you the next one? I mean, you don't go around going, oh, am I going to get a job? Am I going to get yeah. a job? But the fact of the matter is, it's exactly what the situation is. You got the job. You scored. It's finished. When's the next one coming? And are you going to get another one? You know, it's kind of a famous story that you work there at the Improv, and a lot of those comics didn't even know that you were an actor, that you yeah. didn't bring it up at night. Was that kind David of David Brenner, when they saw yeah. me for the first time, uh, uh, David Fry, who was a great impressionist. Yeah, I don't unbelievable. Know if you know David. Sure. David was one of the funniest son of bitches, one of the great impressionists. Him and Rich Little, of course. But they never knew, you know, I was there simply as a guy. You know, people take you for what they see. Mm -hmm. I was a guy at the door who said, how many are you? Right. I mean, there were four fucking people in front of me. I know what the fuck they... Part of the job was, how many are you? They're right there in front of you. How many are you? What the fuck? So uh, that was what I was doing. I never hit anyone there because uh, they're not effeminate comedians, but they don't get hit. They, right. You know, they're, you know, most of them are full of shit, and they, mm -hmm. you know, talk about themselves. They don't know what the fuck's happening, but you don't hit them. You take right. care of them. And... Uh, the experience of watching these people, because when I started there, I was not an actor. I had no thought of being an actor, never studied acting. Bud Friedman, I was a ringer. I was a great ball player. Mm -hmm. I was an outstanding. I was a switch hit. I could bang shit. Forget about it. And Bud liked me, and he put me on a, a, the improvisational softball team at a Broadway show league. So I excelled. So, And that's where my show business career began. Just now, being around those people. Should, yeah, I was there watching them. Never did I want to be a monologist because I always felt it was too difficult. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe that wasn't the answer. Maybe not that it was difficult, but it was just something that didn't interest me. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to make people laugh all the time. I like doing it now if I, if I was capable of doing it, but at that time I was more serious, uh, a serious kind of a guy, so laughing was not part of my repertoire but i watched i watched people grow from almost nothing and become significant people within the industry of comedy and it was very impressive to me uh, of course i never felt i could do it but i always used to say where do i fit where the fuck do i fit i got three kids then four i can hardly support where the fuck am i going who am i am i a bouncer all my fucking life i just lost a great job I was a union president. Okay, now how do you get a union president job? You can't. Mm -hmm. You can't go into a place and say, hey, let me become a fucking union president. Right, you gotta right, be yes. elected. <laughs> yeah. So the reason I got that job is people thought that I would be a good union president. 
I didn't know shit about unions, but they trusted me. In, in Montreal, the drivers who only spoke French, I used to conduct union meetings at the Laurentian Hotel in Montreal. I was a young kid. They didn't know what the fuck I was saying. Half of them didn't speak English. They didn't <laughs> understand. And one guy come up and broke in English. Danny, we trust your eyes. They fucking trusted right. me. The they same thing that made you a great actor. Well, I don't know great. if it was a great actor, but I think apparently that was it. And you know what they did for me, and they showed their love for me, because in 1967, we had a problem with the company stating that they were going to put something into effect that I thought would adversely affect the people that I represented, specifically the drivers. And I said, you'll do it over my dead body. Well, they did. They put it into effect. They removed me from office pending an investigation because I was threatening to strike. And when they got word of this in Canada, that I was removed from office pending an investigation, they decided to go out in a wildcat strike. Mm. And they wrecked four buses. All the aluminum parts on these double-deck buses, they came out on the road in the throughway with fucking sledgehammers. They removed all the patrons, all the, the passengers from the bus and wrecked four buses. And they sued me for $500,000 because <laughs> I was the one who started all this right. shit. So they were showing me their love. But unfortunately, uh, I was removed from office pending the investigation. They had it. They fired me. And this is when I became somewhat disillusioned with the unions at the time because the unions worked in conjunction with the company and to get rid of me. Sure. Well, the union should have been protecting my ass, and they didn't. They let me out on an island by myself, and I had balls like an elephant. I didn't yeah. give a fuck. I mean, I put my. I said, "Fuck you, fuck you too." I'm doing this. Fuck you and you. And people used to look and say, "This fuck is crazy." Right. I wasn't crazy. I was fucking honest. Uh. When a person got in trouble, I, they used to do this before I became union president. You're an employee. You're one of the kids I represent. Or you get in, you get banged out. You get in trouble. They bring you into an office. They talk to you. Now you go out and they bring me in, your union representative, not with you witnessing it, but you out of the room. And what do we do? Yeah. They bargain. They said, well, I'll give you Jim. You give me Tom. I'll give you this. I didn't believe in that shit. You got in trouble. I said, this kid is in the fucking office with me. We sit there, and we're going to talk, and we're going to fight, and we're going to handle his grievance, and we're going to see if we can beat this thing but you're going to be there witnessing every account of what happens that never happened before until i was there so i was a legend in my own mind and at that yeah. particular time that people really did dig me i love the fact that you said you couldn't do monologues when this monologue right here I was, know, was a fucking phenomenal old right <laughs> don't fuck with me robert that's, that's another robert we got yeah. robert Chaffee, a great comedian this young man we could take that story right there to Broadway and we start to <laughs> You know I'm going to be play. doing Capone on Broadway. Robert Mitchell yeah. who's in a room with us. Has, uh, he's previously written, if I may. I'm sorry, Ron. No, go ahead. If I'm talking too much, no, just love stop it. me and I am. But Rob wrote a play called uh, Joe DiMaggio, which mm -hmm. was an off-Broadway musical, which was a hit. And then he had written a show called Vincent which is based on the letters of Vincent Van Gogh, which is also interpreted as a hit off-Broadway. Then he seeked me out for a while. He had written a play called Capone. Now, we all know who Al Capone is. You know, we, don't, we can go out mm. to a nine-year-old kid and they'll tell us who. But this Capone is not like the caricature Capone that we're accustomed to seeing, a guy with a white fucking hat, a machine gun, talking like a jerk off and shooting people. No, on the contrary, this Capone is somewhat like a Lee Iacocca. He's very bright, 
But one of the major problems is he's dying. It's the last days of his life. He's in Palm Isle, Florida. He's just been released from jail. And the reason he was released, because he was rendered no longer harmful to the public. He's dying of syphilis. So 80% of what he does in this play is hallucinatory. Everything's based in fact. But he talks to religious figures. He talks to Mary the Virgin. He talks to Jesus Christ. He talks to God. He talks to the people he's killed. It's one of the most interesting plays that I would ever have the opportunity to do. I'm mm-hmm. fuck. It's the culminating point in my life, and we're in a process now. We're in workshop. We're rehearsing it, and hopefully we're going to be on Broadway with it mm-hmm. in probably in four months. That's what we're looking toward. We're very excited. It's a musical. Yeah, I sing twenty-two fucking songs. <laughs> if you can stand that, original songs or all original stuff. Yeah, he composed it. Robert Mitchell composed. It's just great. Wow, I can't wait for this. Anything that can keep me awake at night and constantly rehearsing for the last year and a half has got to be great. And that's what fucking Robert Mitchell has done. Wow, I can't wait for this. And it's kind of interesting because it goes back to that other story of here's some of these people. If they found the right thing, like you were able to do with acting, yeah. the they could be brilliant at it, but if not, crime was that option. Yeah, you know, absolutely. it happens. Yeah. You know, you you see so many guys are drug dealers. You're like, this guy should have been an entrepreneur. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you're selling. He's got the sales attitude yes. out there. So absolutely. Well, that's happening now in rap. I, I suppose so sure. a lot of these guys that are now icons. You know, they're mm-hmm. sitting on tons of money. They came from a place. Well, I, I always consider myself a half a thief, but anything that involves drugs, I have. Right. You see that to me that's or, or murder or rape that's something entirely different but we we know that there are things that people do never forgivable but they've done things sure. where you can look and say oh he robbed the fucking bank which is terrible right it's a terrible thing but because of the balls that you show <laughs> yeah, to right. do it to walk into a fucking bank without a gun you know <laughs> with your dick in your hand you got a pair of balls and you're out of your fucking mind you know whatever I like this guy. Yeah, well, you know you got a good face. Thank you very much. You should be a fucking actor, man. Well, I'm telling you the truth. I will. What we could do is like maybe Al Capone could have a friend who just comes out. <laughs> Forty. It's a, well, actually, it's a multimedia thing, and the friends do disappear. He talks to apparitions, and they're uh-huh. there at the moment, then they disappear. We got you covered. Yeah. Uh, I also <laughs> you, excuse me uh, before, and I want to get back to your album, but I wanted to bring this up to you. Uh, Philip Carlo, he's uh, one of my dearest friends. A, a dear friend of yours came in and did this show with me some time back, uh, uh, not that long before he passed away. And I thought he was one of the most remarkable people I, I ever met in my life. Uh, I think it would be great. I think he's got one more book that they're going to put out. It, yeah. I would love to get some of his friends together sometime when the book comes out and maybe talk about it. Yes, him we will. Because... And he was a special human being. Yeah. We had lunch about two weeks before, Louis Baldonado, myself, and, and Phil. We kept trying to see each other as often as possible. Unfortunately, you know, as you know, he had ALS, yeah. unable to breathe in a wheelchair with this tube constantly. But he never, ever, not for a single moment... Did he allow you to feel sorry for it's him? It's unbelievable. The fucking man was a hero. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, I've known Lou for uh, Phil for over 30 years, and he came over to me and Lou one day. We're, we're having lunch, and he knows that I just lost my son. So I'm sitting there, and, and we're both sort of bathing, and he looks at me, and he says, now, remember all the pain he's in? Yeah. And he says, Danny, uh, do you remember we were in Hudson Hawk? We were in Rome together. And I said, yeah, I, I, I remember. He said, remember we were traveling and Danny, your son Danny, was driving us all through Italy. I said, yeah. I said, that was a wonderful time. 
He said, do you know what your son said to me? I said, what? I asked him who his hero was. And you know what he said? He said, you were his hero. And I, my son never told me that. Sure. And I never heard that. But you see, he knew that I was hurt at that moment, forgetting about the condition that he was in. Yeah. And he wanted to brighten my life for that moment by telling me. Because, you know, when you lose your son, it's not the order of things. No. You begin to go through your mind like, did my son love me? Was I a good father? Did I do the right thing for him? Was I there for him when he needed? And you never quite know the answer. You, you really don't know the answer. Maybe some people are more secure than I am, and maybe they would know the answer. However, I, I didn't know the answer. And that moment, he just lightened my life to say that wow. my son told him that. He died two weeks later, and he didn't die of ALS. He outlived ALS. He died of cancer, yeah. which I didn't even know because he was coming to see some of the, the uh, Al Capone rehearsals. And he kept texting me. He said, Danny, I'm so sorry. I have chemo. And I only knew at that time that it was in addition yeah. to ALS. And then the shock came two weeks later. They passed on. Yeah. Of course, I went to the funeral with a lot of the friends. He told me that Mickey Rock's doing his movie. Right. He was so Ice happy Man. about yeah. that. Yeah. And I told him, why Mickey? What about me? I, told <laughs> I said, Mickey's not me, for Christ's sake. Mickey's, a, you know, what up? Mickey's yeah. terrific. Um, yeah. But, <laughs> you know, uh, Bring Phil, is, the first time I met him, is he had been very, very sick. And to do an interview with somebody who... As I'm asking him a question, he had to take oxygen and answer it with the with, but still stayed focused in right. the desert. It wasn't about that. I thought he was one of the most remarkable people, and he had the same kind of confidence that you have, yeah. even though he was in this position. Yes, like um, everything you've been through this year, you're still able to bring light in with you, which is well, an amazing not, thing. Not like that hero, mm. you know. I, you know, whatever I do, my friends will tell you. I'll sit for a moment and. And then there's no apparent, well, there is a reason, but not obvious to anyone who's sitting with me who may not know of the situation. You stop crying. Sure. And because it's, it's a helpless feeling when you see a vision before you all of your years and, and then suddenly he's no longer there. It's like, uh, I, I don't know what to compare it to, but it's, there, it, it's, it's just a, a terrible thing. And him talking the way he did with all the troubles that he had, he was he, truly, right? Yeah truly a hero i looked at him and i said mine is terrible my situation is is is, is just extremely bad but when i looked at him i said my god how the hell is he doing this how is he doing he's in that chair and not breathing and and puts this apparatus in his mouth and he is a special human yeah being. he is and he never and stopped working of, and a pair of bulls like an elephant yeah. i'm not talking like physically elephant right. i'm talking like he had fucking guts he was yeah. a rough fucking kid yeah he was like me big fucking left hook straight hand Bing, we used to wing shots <laughs> phil was a great kid i love you philly we're uh, talking about your kid we're keeping you alive yeah uh let's get back to your album you wanted to sing a song for us here today. you know something I'll, I'll tell you what i'll do if yeah. you if you play a, a part of it i'll sing part of it live why listen to me do it on everyone does that shit yeah <laughs> but if you want me to do something live i'll do it 
Well, which one of the songs would you like to do? Uh, you want to do the first? Uh, uh, Louis, what Jingle do you Bell. suggest? Jingle Bells right off? Right. Yeah, we'll do Jingle. We'll do Jingle right, Bells. And this is going to be live. We've just got an <laughs> instrumental track to if play If I sing here. bad, I'm doing it live. <laughs> Remember that. We always have a backup in case I'm horrible. All right, here we go. Uh, this is Danny Aiello. And the album available, dannyaiello.com, also available on Amazon and in the Colony Store in New York, which... Uh, one of the, the great New York record stores. Right. When we're ready. Anytime. Dashing through the snow In a one-horse open sleigh Through the fields we go Laughing all the way Bells on bobtails ring Making spirits bright what fun it is to ride and sing a sleighing song tonight. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Ho! Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Jeff Hackworth on sax, ladies and gentlemen. Joe Geary and the guys. I sing like shit today, but I'm going to go through it. Here we go. Stick with us. Go get him, Jeff. You're doing it, Jeff. I wish he was here in the audience with us. Serious was too cheap to bring up my goddamn band. A day or two ago, I thought I'd take a ride As soon as Miss Fanny Bright was seated by my side The horse was lean and lank, misfortune seemed as locked We ran into a drifted bank, and there we got upside Dashing through the snow, in a one-horse open sleigh Through the fields we go, we are laughing all the way Bells on bobtail ring, making spirits bright. What fun it is to ride and sing a sleighing song tonight. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Ho! Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. <laughs> Go ahead, you red bastard, born on 68th Street, and it's no longer there, my goddamn house. I hope you enjoyed it, fam. That was um, that was so New York. It's almost like there's balloons falling. We're drinking. Champagne. I love it, babe. Yeah, those are the Christmases I remember, and the reason why I did it is because. You play the record, we hear it. Right. I always feel, geez, I wish the guy did it live. Whatever it sounded like, he sounds like he did then. You know yeah. what it is? We do it live, it's a lot of fun. 
And when they hit a record, they'll hear a nice recording in the studio, but there's nothing like this shit that we just did. No, it's know. unbelievable. It's did you unbelievable. Like it? I'm looking at the producer. Did you like did it? Did you like it, Fez? I loved it. He loved oh, there it. you go. He loves it. He loves it. <laughs> Who the heck are you looking like? Is it George Zunza? That's what I am. I'm God doing a George it, Zunza that's thing. That's I'm opposite you, and I'm looking George Zunza. We all used to hang out in Columbus Cafe on yeah. 69th Street. You look like a young George Zunzi, you good-looking son of a gun. That's straight. I'm straight. I'm oh, heterosexual. That's... I don't want you to think, you know, <laughs> well, don't get the wrong opinion. By the way, looking I'm around not... here, you're one of the few. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Damn. You know, Howard, Howard Stern the other day, we were at the roast. Mm. We did it for the Friars Club. They roasted right. uh, the schmuck. What's his name? Uh, Quentin Tarantino. Tarantino. Yeah, the, the articulate one, right. Yeah. The one who does these fucking wonderful movies of people shooting fucking people's eyes out. One of the most talented guys in the country. And there I'm seeing about 50 feet, 50 yards away from me, there's Howard Stern. And he's with his entourage of people. And I'm waving to him, and he's not, he's not seeing me. And there's someone near him, I guess a producer, who's pointing to Howard to look at me. And I couldn't yell. There were hundreds and thousands of people sitting there. So I went, I threw him a kiss, mm -hmm. a fucking heterosexual kiss. <laughs> and now the prick is on the fucking radio saying, Danny threw me a fucking kiss. And everyone thinks I'm that way. Now, no, I got nothing. No one thinks I, so. I got a lot of kids, a lot of grandchildren. Right. And I had a stiff dick for a long period of time, but it never had anything to do with another man. Never. <laughs> so we got that out of the way. <laughs> I don't even. Re I. I never. Uh, I don't think you ever have to worry about that, Danny. No. With all the roles, all the roles that you've done. I know. Well, you said I'm a good actor. You're, you're a phenomenal actor. Um, for you, what are some of the the roles that like mean the most to you? Over uh, years? Well, there was a movie I did. Uh, it's interesting because I get a lot of calls from Tracy Miller, who happens to be my pub uh, publicity person saying that people are requesting 29th Street, which was a movie oh, I did with yeah. Anthony LaPaglia, who played my son, years back. It was about a lottery, and it was like Christmas time kind of music. So every year they play it around Christmas time. It moves me more than any other movie that I've done because the father and son, not the whole movie, but the father and son relationship between he and I, I thought was very special. Not sure. because I was acting in it. Uh, it could have been anyone, but the relationship between the two characters makes me cry whenever I, I look at it. And that character, of course, that I played uh, is probably the closest to who I am in life. Now, he claims not to be a loser. I'm not a loser in life, but I understood the emotions right. uh, that he was going through when the kid called him a loser. That movie, if you wanted to buy it now, they're selling it on eBay for $180. Wow, is that right? Now, to go anywhere else, it's $89 to get the thing. And I'm wondering why it's costing people so much money to get that because it was never reproduced by 20th century. I'm trying to make a deal now to license it. I love that movie, and I love uh, Ruby, which was another uh, yeah, it was great when you, movie Jack that Ruby. I, I... About 14 people saw it, but... Yeah, no, it was a very saw, strong movie. But a good movie, yeah. and uh, the publicity was not much on it. Sometimes you fall into a movie where studio may not be believing it as much as you do. So therefore, the P&A, uh, the money that is to put into advertise, they don't put it in. They withdraw it. So the movie, although important, never got out to the people who should have seen it, which is the, the watching public. That happened with Dinner Rush. Which Love Dinner a, Rush. And another insignificant movie because, again, there was no money behind it. There were so many movies like that that I had done, and it really bothers me because 
I, I'm not uh, attaching too much to to awards and so forth. I've been yeah. fortunate. I've won an Academy Award for uh, a movie that I did called uh, Lieberman in Love, which Christine Lottie directed me, and it was a short film. And I was nominated for an Academy Award with Do the Right Thing. But my feeling is there were other movies that I'd done which was worthy of mm. what I'm just talking about, but because no one saw it and they didn't emphasize the importance of the movie, it never got what it deserved. The, the uh, Dinner Rush and Tribeca... Uh, yeah. That restaurant still have the posters That's up. That's Gino's. And people always go in there. Know. You know, it's so funny that 100% of the people who go in there go there because they've seen yeah. the film and they look around and they've kept the, the restaurant that way. So it's very strange that these little movies that you play, these smaller parts, yeah. uh, mean so much to people. They and, do. And yeah. you're able to do that sometimes in a very small way. I mean, obviously you can play big and bold and you've done that. But when you start, and it reminds me of this album that you've done that there's a, an incredible sensitive side to some of the things that yeah. you do where it doesn't seem like you have to do a lot. When you're Italian, you're six foot three and you're a hitter, they think there's no sensitivity involved. Right. But I'm a very sensitive person, and uh, I express that in ways when people approach me on the street. Uh, it's not that I run away from them or treat them coldly. My problem on the street is that when they do react to me in that way, it's hard to <laughs> separate myself from them. Right. I don't know how to say goodbye. You know, I'll sit there for a half hour talking to fucking people, and people come over to me and say to me, Danny, Jesus Christ, we got to be here. Yeah, so sure. when any, anyone's walking down the street with me, it's like a, it's a problem because they say, Danny, we got to be there in a half hour, and if I don't know how to say goodbye to a person who approaches me in fear that they may feel that I'm cutting them off. Isn't that weird? No, it is strange, yeah. but there's also this thing, because I had it when you came in, and I've never met you before, but I thought right away, it's like, oh, it's so great to see him again. There's something about you, and I don't know whether it's the roles you played or just your personality, Thanks, but we all feel like, we feel like you're a relative you. or a guy from our neighborhood. We just, uh, who, who did we just say in here, Rob, the football player? Oh, Franco Harris. Franco Harris. Uh, uh, I admired this kid for such a yeah. long time. He's a sweetheart. He's doing your shows. Yeah. And uh, he grabbed me in a room like we've known each other for years. I don't know that Franco yeah. and I have ever seen. And he's saying to me and to his friends, I can't believe I'm next to Danny Aiello. Yeah. Now I'm standing there saying, <laughs> I can't believe I'm next to Franco Harris. Yeah. The immaculate conception, right. that catch that he made against uh, 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 Pittsburgh, I'll never forget. And he's such a sweetheart guy. Yeah. But people react that way to me, Ron. They do. You know what my biggest audience is? Who's that? Blacks. Is that well? I, I walk down. I could be the mayor of Harlem. There's no question. But, yeah. And you want to know something? The more violent I am in pictures, the more they love me. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck that. Means. <laughs> I threw a kid off a fucking roof in, in, in Fort Apache, the Bronx, and there wasn't a black man who didn't go out of his fucking mind and say, "I love you. Yeah. I fucking love you." They do. And I walk down the street, and they don't. They don't say, "Hey, you." Yeah. They say, "Danny." Yeah. They say, hey, Dan, how you doing? Yeah, but, and it's very exciting. Well, really. the other interesting thing is some of those characters like you play like that, it came across, I think, to the black audience as truthful, where so many times right. they'll, you know, um, I think that audience has always been able to see through the shit, and, and you gave them real and characters. And they really do, Ron. I get letters like that, fan letters that indicate you're so real, you're so real. And you know what acting is to me? Yeah. Acting is recreating life as I know it. Yeah. Putting myself in situations that I might have experienced in life was something tantamount to that the actual experience in the movie. Something similar, same kind of emotion. Reality is important to me. Now, that's not to say 
I might do a movie where it's a fable, where it's bigger than life. Sure, I can do that too, but those pictures really never interest me. What interests me is recreating life and have a person in the audience say, holy shit. Yeah. And remember, my problem when I first began acting, all the reviewers, oh, he's the guy. He's the mm. fucking guy, which is like a left-hand compliment. What the fuck you mean I'm the guy? Mm. I'm playing a guy who's with yeah. language I've never said before that someone else had written. I'm not the fucking guy. <laughs> These are not my fucking words, but they keep, and they're left-hand compliments, and yeah. they hurt me. Because yeah. people say, oh, he's the guy. He's the guy. He's before I became known. You know, and those are the compliments I used to get, and I hated them because I didn't consider them to be complimentary. I considered them that to mean unpolished, mm -hmm. not trained, and I wasn't trained. I was never trained as right. an actor. I went out there and I fucking did. I was a guy in a hurry, and I had to make money, so I made money quick. But the whole thing of that you're playing a character so good, so well there that they believe yeah, that, that it is. you know, oh, he's just walked off the street. Which that, that's exactly you know. what they say. And uh, but critics have been kind to me. I don't know why. Sometimes overly kind, but. Early on, as I said, the, the compliment was that he's the guy. Mm. And he's the guy meant to me because I read things into things. I'm saying, he's the guy. What are they saying? Are they saying that he's untrained? Are they saying he's never acted before? He's off the street and he's lucky? All of these things used to come into my mind. And now, now, I laugh at that shit. And I said, yeah, you should try being real on the fucking screen. Anyone yeah. can act. Anyone can act. But you got to be on that fucking screen. And you got to be real. And to be real, it's not the easiest thing in the world. People sometimes get before no. a camera. It's like being shot. My son Ricky would look at me, and my son Ricky would say, "Dad, what do you do? How do you do that? What do you do?" I said, "Ricky, don't give, don't worry, man. He's an actor." Mm -hmm. I said, "Rick, don't worry. Just get out there. Listen to what I'm saying to you, Rick. Rick, they're words. They're not fucking bullets." Mm -hmm. If they're fucking bullets, you got to duck, and you may fuck up and stutter a little, but they're words that don't mean shit. Let me tell you something else, kid. But, Dad, what happens if I forget the lines? If you forget the lines, you're on the stage, faint. <laughs> Let them fucking pick you up, carry you off the fucking stage, and come back again when you're ready. Danny Ayala, what a, what a pleasure Thanks, having man. you here today. Thank you, babe. Uh, and the, the album is uh, My Christmas song for you it's available at your website daniello.com also amazon. amazon and also the only hard copy you can get please let me explain this run yeah. just in a moment for you i know i'm talking Not all the time my in the fucking world. head off but the uh the album is like this is a soft opening technically mm -hmm. it's opening next year but this is like a calling card and the reason we demanded it be open this year is my it's dedicated to Danny, my son, mm. and he died this year. Right. If it would have come out next year, I would have felt remiss in what I thought should have been done. So it's coming out soft, so it's not in every outlet. We we call these things I only had twenty five hundred of them drawn up. Mm -hmm. Colony is exclusively handling the hot copy. Meaning if you go into the colony on fifty four Bur mm. and Broadway, yeah. that's the only place you can get it unless you go to Amazon or Dannyola.com. That's the only other way you can get it. Well it, it was such an interesting project for you to do this year because the sensitivity is there, the vulnerability is there. And I remember being a kid and my mom at some point at Christmas would always uh cry about the people who weren't there this Christmas. And I was I, wow. I was a kid I didn't get it, and every year now, I understand it more and more. Yeah. And uh, the feeling that you put into this album, it's, uh, 
It's amazing. Well, it's I, so I, human. I thank you very much. And uh, this Christmas is not going to be the same as the past. We're not having it. We used to have it every year. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to my son Ricky's house, which would be a different surrounding because Sandy and I, my wife, felt that uh, we didn't want to be in that same situation in our home with the tree without sure. him filling that the gap that he used to fill before. So, you know, I don't want to get too syrupy with it, but I, I don't think I could deal with it to be in the house, you know, Christmas and him not being there. So we're going to go over to my other son's house and have it at Ricky's house in uh, Warwick, New York, for God's <laughs> sake. My son's like a farmer. <laughs> he's got goats running around the fucking place. I said, Ricky, what's the matter? You were born in New York City. But he said that he's got horses. He's got horses. He gets, he's riding horses. He's got fucking chickens. You know what his dog did the other day? It raided the chicken coop and, oh, and, my and, God. and killed four chickens. He's devastated because it was his neighbor. It's, it's so terrible. You know, I'm, you're talking about a guy who's so in love with anything that walks, you know, mm -hmm. like ants. There's ants running around my house. I can't fucking step in an ant. I, I used to shoot those fucking things with BB guns. I would go nuts. Now, I feel like I gotta pick the ant up and relocate it outside near the fucking pool. Relocation. I, I cannot program. believe it. relocation for ants. Danny Ayala, what a what a Thanks, just man. a joy having you. I today. love being here with you, man. Thank it's, you. We and got a friendship that's just begun. And we thank you, we man. do, and I, and uh, I would love to bring it back, and we'll do something for Phil Carlo with some of the guys. I, that I you told know. you I would. I I would love to do that. We'll thank do something. So make me a part of it. I'll be there with you. All right. Thank you so You're much. You're a great kid. Thank Thanks. you. You're listening to the Ron and Fez Show on the Virus, Series 197, XM202. If this factory goes under, the whole town goes under. And that's when the whores come in. Excuse me, what was that? Men laying their trick money down, $20 to pay the rent. Maybe instead I'll spend it on the whore. Run a face show. Um, how much fun was that having uh, Danny Ayala in here today? And the, uh, you know, the album that he's put out and the song that he sang live for us. It's uh, it's such a uh, a cool throwback New York type thing. I love those guys that are 100% New York City. I was thinking this though, Chris. I think maybe we're running some best ofs over Christmas. We've got enough for like some kind of a Christmas special. <laughs> oh, without doubt. Uh, well, we've got at least four Christmas albums to put on it. Maybe we'll get all those together on Christmas Day and have some kind of uh, a special for that. Yeah, easy. I'll ask Rob Cross, and I think he'll say, "Oh, gee whiz, that'll be just neato." <laughs> I make that up. I do that because uh, I like to. For it not to make any fucking sense whatsoever. I think it does sound like that, though. I mean, he really doesn't. Oh. Aaron, you're on the run of face show. Happy holidays, guys. Hey. Um, you're always talking about playing softball with Mamet and hanging out with Cavett. I think this guy is your real buddy. I really think you I, guys got a I friendship. really should bring him into that group of people that I'm putting together, Cavett, uh, Mamet, and now ILO. Super friends, man. That's fucking yeah, it crazy. It is. And half the Rhythmics. Not all. I don't want to say which one because they were both... 
But yeah. it's Annie. It's oh, Annie that's yeah. going to be hanging out it's with us. choice. Um, and then that other person was, was going to be the Draft House Kid. Oh. Uh, but it's not his scene. Oh. It's not his scene now. Could I, could I jump in maybe? Can I try again with the hangout with Mammoth, Cabot, don't, Lennox? Don't like to start the orphan stuff. Aiello. By the way, when we played the uh, original song here that, that he was singing about his son... I saw you get a little misty. Yeah. It's, 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 it's I don't nice know. I never knew you to be the sensitive type. Well, come on. The guy lost his kid. He writes, his, makes his beautiful album. It's unbelievable. My Christmas song for you. Uh, oh, I, I love Danny um, I think it's incredibly uh, brave to share what he did and probably this thing of we are we're going to change the way we treat Christmas. We're just going to go somewhere else. But... You know, when he was thinking, this thing, when when you have a kid, that becomes, you know, your fear, and you keep that fear throughout your entire life. I can't understand that. Even if your kid, uh, you know, when you see people who are in their 80s, and they lose their kid who's in their 60s, they still lost their kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just still at that uh, point, it's unbearable. So here's Danny. All the success in the world, you know, like he said, he can't walk down the street anywhere in the world without people stopping him. He's got talented people who want to work with him, want to talk to him. But that one part of him now will always be scarred. And I think what's brilliant is, like, he recognizes it. All right, he gave a little secret away. We were supposed to have him on earlier in the show today, but the plane was late. Uh, we've got... Uh, an all pro Hall of Famer, part of uh, what's probably the greatest football team of all time, the 1970s Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, he's going to come in and talk a little football with us. And uh, let's bring him in, Mr. Franco Harris. Coming into the studio looking like you're still ready to play, sir. You look fantastic. Ooh, Ron. I'm an old man now. Hey, listen, I wouldn't trade those days for anything. You know what I mean? I you know, I don't mind being an older player now. I'm playing planning in the seventies. Uh but when you look back on that, uh that team that you played on, I mean it, I mean it would be phenomenal just to have the career that you had. But to have the career which would you could easily argue is the greatest team of all time it's it's got to be unbelievable yeah we you know people argue that but uh but to me i think it's a slam dunk when you look at certain teams and and dynasties during certain decades yeah ours is hard to beat you know we had you know i mean we were strong in so many positions offense and defense and uh 
You know, like I think it'd be hard to match up with us. Well, not only that, but and I don't know whether it's just that, that the years do this, but I think the teams that you guys had to beat were also some of the greatest teams of all time. You're absolutely I mean, the, right. The, that Raider organization, then phenomenal. You guys had to overcome what Miami was doing. The Houston at Oilers the time. during that time, they Houston, became great. Houston Oilers was uh, they just couldn't get over the hump against you guys, but. If there wasn't the Pittsburgh Steelers, we probably would be sitting around talking about the Houston Oilers as being... You're right. Yeah. And I, I think you don't ahead that what helped... I mean, what made us great was that we did play those great teams. And then, yeah. you know, and, then uh, and I know a lot of Cowboy fans out there, but beating them in two Super Bowls was sweet. Absolutely, too, you know I mean? yeah. And uh, when people right now talk about parody, like yeah. parody, and I'm saying, you know what? I don't like that. I like it when there's like Two heavyweights per division. Sure. And those two heavyweights battle it out like the Ravens and the Steelers. It's like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, and, you know, you have, like, New England and you hope the Jets. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, 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 you know, it's like I'm just saying, you know, like, I don't want, like, four teams or five teams, you know, being You know, I like it when, when you know, when, when those two heavyweights show up, people say, Oh my gosh, now this is the game. You know, this is the one that we've been waiting for. You know what I mean? Well, also, I think because of that, because there was those kind of teams, is was actually good for the league because you can go anywhere in the country and run into Steelers fans just like you can with Cowboys fans. And I think it's because they all grew up in the 70s when there was something so explosive to follow. So you didn't exactly have to be from Pittsburgh to love the Steelers. They love that team. Well, but I think our, our Steeler Nation grew in two ways. Mm -hmm. One way is what you talked about. When a lot of young kids turned on their TV during the 70s and saw that black and gold, yeah, and they saw what we were doing winning Super Bowls, you're right. They became fans. And then the other one was, unfortunately, during that era, the steel mills closed. Mm -hmm. And all the Steeler fans, I mean, you know, all the a lot of people from Pittsburgh had to migrate throughout the country to find jobs. And uh, and it was interesting because that during that time when, when they migrated to find jobs throughout the country, that's when we were, like, doing it. Yeah. And they found a way to connect to Pittsburgh through the Steelers. And because we were winning, it, it just grew and grew and grew and... It's pretty phenomenal. It is, and, and there's something about those folks from Pittsburgh that wherever they go, I guess because they were kind of forced out of Pittsburgh, they didn't choose to leave, it's because the jobs left, but they keep that connection, and they're almost like an ethnic group, you know, like when oh, people yeah. come to the United States, they'll hold on to their old traditions. There are people from all over the country who... Look for a Steelers bar. There's a, about a Steelers bar, <laughs> no matter how small the town is you go to. And I want to say, and, and uh, Giovanni has one in Rome. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I had lunch with him uh, about a month ago, and he has a Steeler bar in Rome, and he loves it. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I don't know whether you know this or not, but uh, Danny Aiello was thrilled that you came over oh, to him my in gosh. the green my, room. When I saw him in there, I said, like, oh, my God. Yeah. You know, one of my heroes there, you know, I, I mean, I really... You know, like enjoy his acting, just how professional he is, and you know, just how great he is. And boy, that was a real thrill for me too. Well, it's funny because he was saying to himself while you're telling him that he was going, "Oh my God, it's Frank O'Harris! I can't believe this! <laughs> and why are we talking about me? Why are we talking about Danny Aiello?" Oh uh, no, I, I tell you, no, you know, it, it's uh, 
I mean, just a nice surprise. I'd walk, I, I, I'd walk in there, I'm saying, is that Danny? Is that, is that <laughs> Danny? Is that, you know, I said, oh, my gosh, that is him. You know? uh, when you're watching uh, football today, is there anybody you really identify with? Uh, is there any halfback out there that you're like, oh, I like the way this guy's playing the game? Well, um, you know what, I, I really don't do that because I, I feel every running back has their own unique style. Mm-hmm. And I like to think I had a unique style, you know, like my own style, like yeah. in a way. Uh, but I kind of look at the teams, and I have to admit, a lot of people don't like it, but I just like the hard-hitting defensive games. And this, you know, two two Sundays ago, that raven Steeler game carrying people just off brought the, it back. Yeah, to, carrying you know people I mean? off the field. It was like, now that's football. You know what yeah. I mean? Now this, and, and, that's, and, and that's what I was talking about when I was talking about an division. You like those two heavyweights. To just go ahead and slug it out like that, you know what I mean? And they're going to play against each other harder than anyone else. They're, yes. they're going to give each other another game. But it was so interesting seeing Roethlisberger with the nose broken and there's blood in his foot. Yeah, you know? and he actually looked great. You're like, yeah, it was like kind of watching a Rocky movie. You're like, oh my God, he really looks like a leader out there. Look at the, he's you know playing through this. Well, you know, and I mean. The guy got fined for yeah. like I'm not, I mean I don't think that was intentional. No, you know what I mean. But uh, but wearing that type of helmet, that's why a lot of times uh, I mean I got my nose broken a couple of times, and that's why I went to bar in right. front of my thing, you know, because you know always had the face mask when that opening, and guys always found a way to get their elbows in there in a certain sure. way, you know what I mean. But I mean not intentionally, but when they're going at you, it just kind of happens. Uh, but there was always a thing where you played that, um, well, obviously, you know, the Immaculate Conception is... Uh, reception. Re- reception, conception. <laughs> That's for the Virgin Mary. See, I'll never lose that Catholic thing that I grew up with. Well, well, I want to know people, I mean, like my mother told me, she said that that she knew something was wrong. My mom really didn't understand football that well. Yeah. And my brothers, she said, we got real quiet in the house. And she said, and she went, like she went, to the record and put on Ave Maria. Ah. And she said, and, and, and then the immaculate, immaculate reception happened. Wow, now, I didn't that, know that. That's what that. she says, you know what I mean? That's what she says. While that, while that, while the game was going on, she just sent it out as, yep. a, as a prayer. Yep. Oh, that's insane. But that was your style of play where the game was never over, when you had a Franco Harris uh, The game was playing. never over. Um, and you would seem to get stronger as the game went on, or I don't know whether that's just because you either were figuring something out as the game was going on, or you were in such great condition. Bingo. Yeah. I I, I uh, trained with that in mind that, Franco, games are won and lost in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. So in the fourth quarter, you have to be able to produce and make things happen. And that was a big part of my mentality and a big part of my training, to train that way. And you would like to think that you're in that extra better shape mm-hmm. to make things happen in, in the fourth quarter. And uh, uh, I guess, the, you know, the game last night watching the uh, uh, Baltimore and yeah. Houston, I know I know the New York game was on, but... No, <laughs> we all switched over as the... Uh... <laughs> but but uh, when they were talking about how tired the... Uh, uh, the Raven defense. The, the Raven defense, yeah. you know what I mean? And... and but games are won in that fourth quarter, and you give it to Houston. I mean, they just did it. It was fantastic to see. Now you're in great shape. Now, uh, what's this that you're? Well, we have a new uh, 
fitness line. Mm -hmm. And it's called Silver, Silver Sport, and it's sold in Dick Sporting Goods. Mm -hmm. And what is interesting is that, uh, did you know that silver, silver is a natural antimicrobial? It, I, it eliminates bacteria, odor, odor causing bacteria. Uh -huh. and, and we found a way to take silver and put it in product, and we have done this with a number of fitness products. So because uh, when you do work out, there are some hot spots in these gyms in different places uh, where bacteria tends to grow quite rapidly. And so we focus on those areas. And one is the towel. Mm -hmm. So we have what we call a silver towel. Great. And uh, we have our silver in there, and uh, and it helps eliminate uh, odor causing bacteria like MRSA. Uh, and this will uh, kind of protect staff. you in the in the gym a little bit. You Absolutely. Feel Put that on the floor. You don't, you, yeah. don't, you don't have to worry about taking bacteria home or having bacteria on your towel because it'll lim it'll eliminate that bacteria. And also we have a silver mat because people go in the gym and say, oh, my gosh, I'm going to use that mat. Right. Okay, who's used, who's used that before me? But now we have a silver mat. You don't, you don't have to worry about that. So you can sweat on this as much as you want and and put it on the floor and don't worry about the bacteria. You won't you won't this smell I mean this mat won't smell and, you'll, and it won't you'll, carry the bacteria. You'll take this with you wherever you're traveling, you'll have this stuff with you and you bring yeah. it in with you. Wherever where, where you go. Mm -hmm. And and also we have a unique item here that we develop it called the silver shaper. It's a uh, a, a geometry piece that goes around your roller mm -hmm. so your roller doesn't touch the floor and this is once again is full of silver, the antimicrobial silver, and it gives you an extra layer of, of protection when you go in, when you go into the gym or when you're working out. Now, how do you keep the same mindset? Because I see a lot of guys that after their career, they get big. You know what I mean? They've, you know, working out, they don't need to do it anymore, so they'll put on weight. But you really do look. I mean, to you, I'm sure you're not in playing shape. But to the rest of us, it looks like you're ready to step back in the arena. So how do you keep that mentally together? Well, a uh, motivating factor for me was that, the, uh, you know, what the average lifespan of an NFL football player is the life expectancy. Yeah. The life expectancy right now of an NFL football player is 54 years old. Wow. Okay, so that was a driving force for me to to change my diet, watch what I do, uh, to continue to work out. You know, I like I still try to work out every every day. Mm -hmm. uh, and once again, if you don't mind me giving my plug for my, sure, sil my, ahead, for my silver sport at Dick Sporting Goods. So if you're still working out, you know, get that extra layer of protection with silver sport at Dick Sporting Goods. Uh, but it was very important to me that uh, – that sense of life expectancy was so low that what can I do to prolong my life? But not only that, can I have quality of life? Because so many guys uh, are in pretty bad shape. Yeah. And, uh, and, I, and, I, and I know we're all aware right now because of the fines about the concussions and, and, and the damage to the brain, but the consequences to players afterwards Right, uh, because of the hits to the brain, but but then so many guys have trouble walking, bending because of backs, knees, hip, hips, and I've been very fortunate, and I made a you know big lifestyle change years ago, and I think it's made a difference. I tell people, I don't think it's going to prevent it, 
my whole thing was, can I, you know, delay it? Right. And and uh, and that was my goal. Can I delay a lot of this stuff? And like, I'm not going to be, you know, naive enough to think that uh, that I, I'm really not going to be affected because you can't go through that type of stuff, and eventually it's not going to catch up. Yeah, to I mean, you took 14 years of hits as a pro, and then four in college. I mean, it's a an amazing amount of punishment. That yes, you it take is. Over it the years it by, really is. By the greatest athletes in the world. The greatest athletes in the world are running into you as hard as they possibly can. Yeah, it, it's a it's a pretty violent game. Mm -hmm. There's no doubt about it. Uh, uh, like the rule changes, uh, I think it's good. Yeah. Okay. And I think it's necessary. Uh, but I think they need to get a little bit better on, on the judgment calls. Like um, some of the things that that James Harrison was were, that he was called on, I think, yeah. were a little. Uh, a little bias, I think. You know, it's almost uh, like they've zeroed in on him. They're making an example right, out of him, right? And uh, but now you see, you know, different fines. The Raven, a couple of Raven guys got fined, as you know, after the Steelers game. Yeah. Um, and people saying, "Well, how can you take that out of football?" But they will find a way. Just like on kickoffs, it used to be where you can cut the guys, right, chop their yeah. knees, and do all that kind of stuff. Now you can't do it, and I think that has helped tremendously with knees not being blown out, you know, or the defensive linemen, when they would come in, you could chop block them. You can't do that anymore. So, so like, they've made some rules that I think that have really helped with the health and well-being of the players. And this concussion thing, not to change the game, but it's something that I think they'll figure out what that range is to say that uh, that, that was an illegal hit. And you think the game does have to stay somewhat violent, though? You think it does have to stay? Well, I mean, you can't take that out of right. it. But, uh, um, but the part I don't like is, you know, if they're holding someone else, or as they say, when someone else is exposed, and you go and, like, say they, that couple guys have a running back wrapped up, then that third guy comes in and just hits him in the head like that. You know what I mean? Mm. I mean, that's unnecessary. You know what I mean? Uh uh, so, um, I mean, those are the sort of things you have to watch out for. But but that first hit, second hit, sometimes I said, you know, you know, like like that's what you have to be very careful that that they don't start to take things, you know, take stuff out of the game. Did you the whole time you played, and you were always such a smart runner. Were you always looking to def deflect? Uh, were you always looking to either turn your body or go with the hit? Sometimes, or how uh, how would you keep yourself safe? You know what? My thing was reading mm -hmm. and also knowing the situation. Okay, I mean, if it's third, one and two, we ran the ball all the time. Yeah. You know, I mean, we didn't come out. We stayed in <laughs> all the time, passing plays, short short yardage, all that sort of stuff. So if it was, hey, third and one, third and two, hey, you get what you, you know, you get what you can get. And, and I say most of the time, then we got the first down. Yeah. But first and second down, I always looked at these are the downs to try to make big plays. You know to make things happen, and my style of running was more reading. Mm -hmm. uh, I really loved it, uh, where uh, I just had my keys, and 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 these were things I just developed mentally, uh, and in practice, people thought, "Frankly, you're loafing, you're loafing," but my mind's going a thousand miles an hour yeah. and picking up my keys, and so when I ran. It was all by keys, and uh, and I just loved 
running the football and and you know love making cuts and yeah. moves and well in the NFL films they uh, they've done a great job and we can watch you run and they've slowed it down and your eyes do shift in there so you would get to know the personality of the the some of the backs that were coming at you and knowing i mean were you looking for those kind of things of of the way they tackle or i i i and you know being a running back we were always taught young to okay follow your blockers uh-huh uh i never did that i always uh read the defense my keys were the defense not our linemen and uh you know what they say, that Persian general, he said, on contact with the enemy, all plans evaporate. Right, exactly. <laughs> all right. I'm saying, what? wait, that hole's supposed to be there. <laughs> yeah. wait, 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 that hole's not there. Should I just run into the pile then? But me, like, like I've probably read that that hole wasn't there on my first step. Sure. E even before they knew it wasn't there, I knew it wasn't there. and And so that was... My reading, and, and I knew how to bounce or cut back or, you know, find that gap because there's a gap somewhere in there. Sure. And if you have your keys, you can try to find where that where that gap is. And you can pick up your three, four, five yards, and a lot of times you can make, you know, you can break your twenty yard, you know, uh, on well, that. What I think is so great about hearing that is that we always act like, oh, some back is you know, got great instincts. But really, the way you're telling it, it's intellect, and it reminds me of jazz, where a jazz musician is going to know the notes that he's playing, know the notes that other people are playing, and then think down the line. And you've got to do that in your position, that you're thinking on a level that, in, in as far as football would be considered, is, is running genius, you know? Well, um, I just love the art of running. Mm -hmm. And... And as I said, that uh, the defense there is the, the defense is the, is there to disrupt right. everything, right? And in that disruption, they also have a plan. Now I have to get the keys to know that. Okay, even though they're calling all this disruption, they have certain positions that they have to do. If the end is ramming, somebody has to scrape. Has to scrape out there. If that guy is scraping, which way did he get caught up, or did he scrape? Did the corner come in a certain way? And so you think of, you know, so you get those keys. It's like boom, 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 and and as you and like that's where being a running back, where you just know, right? Okay, like uh, as they say, there's no time to think. You just know and you feel. And uh, and along with the keys, you had to have that have that feel, and it just uh, it just worked out great for me. And our offensive line was Absolutely. fantastic. What do you think the weight, the average weight of our offensive line was in our first Super Bowl? Well, I'm guessing because you're even asking me, it's a lot smaller than it is today. <laughs> so, what would the average weight be there? Two thirty nine. Wow. Wow. Now, is here's that the, incredible? Yeah. Well, what's incredible is now the fans are so much bigger than 239. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, come on out of the stand and play offensive line for us. Right, you know what I mean? 239. 239. And, like, think about that. And But yet, we, you know, so we weren't the Raiders, you know, the Kansas City Raiders were known to have these big linemen, yeah. right? So 
you know, we were more, you know, traps, mm -hmm. specials, and, and that sort of thing. So it was the ideal, I you know, the, I mean, it was the ideal game plan for me. Sure. Because it wasn't like blow people off and run straight ahead, because our thing was the trapping and the specials, which required a lot of reading and, and like keys like that. And it, so that's what really made it nice, because we weren't going to like, say, blow people off the ball like that. And, uh, and and so really, so my pattern fit the you know the plan that we had, and that plan really fit my running style, and it really made it for just a lot of fun. I mean, my rookie year was just so much, you know. Well, yeah, just the amount amount of people that you put off balance, but you would cut back on them, and then suddenly they're not they're off balance, and then Franco Harris is cutting back into them. These are amazing things to watch, and because of my. So I, people didn't think I had a lot of speed, but yeah. like I felt I had good speed, mm -hmm. you know. So, uh, which surprised a lot of people also on that. And yeah, you'd rather they didn't know. That you <laughs> right, had right, good right. Speed. And and so like always worked on my balance, you know, because you know working out was very important. Was speed, quickness, and strength. And where is that balance where it all comes together? Well, where it all comes together, and you know you're in balance. Mm. Because I said I, I never want to be you know, to where the strength part and the muscular part overwhelms where like I'm losing quickness and speed. And I and I have to have quickness and speed, but I have to be strong to take the punishment. So, you know, so how much do you lift? How do you lift? How do you work on your quickness? How do you work on your speed to make sure? And you just kind of knew when you were in balance. And, and, and doing all works. that while you're fighting your own pain and the long season. I mean, it's amazing to pull off. Uh, can the Steelers get back there this year, or is this going to be the Patriots here? I tell you what, <clears throat> Patriots looking good. They're looking unbelievable. I mean, last couple I mean weeks. what can you say about Brady? I mean, yeah. wow. Yeah, and I mean, early this season, everyone counted him out. I it mean, that happening. guy is just incredible, and and their game plan is incredible. And you know, I mean, they have some, you know, the, you know, the players they have, the receivers. I mean, they are looking good, hmm. but. Let's not count out the Steelers. If they can continue to play that type of football as they did against Baltimore and continue to get better and better, I, I'd take that style of football you love, you like on that, top yeah. of everything else. In the end, mm. when it starts to get into the end of the season, now is the fun part. This is the part when all the guts start to get tight because every game is on the line now. I mean, with with you know with Baltimore being so tight on us, everybody knows that these are crunch times, and I love the crunch times when it mm -hmm. counts. And uh, and so with that, we'll see how people are playing if they're stepping up. Now I know people in New York are you know, a little concerned about the Jets. I'm a, you know, a little nervous because I'm saying, wow, they lost two. They're, they're going to come into Pittsburgh like, fire it up, man. Yeah, like, yeah, sure. I said, man, what's that? I won last week. You know, <laughs> maybe, you know but, but, um, uh, but, but if the Steelers play their type of football and play Steeler football, we're going to be okay. And if they keep improving, now I've got to look for little improvements. Okay, are they shutting it down a little bit more? Is that defense man, like, starting to step up, shutting things down? Is that... Offense, you know, you know, getting those 
tough, you know, like, like those first downs. You know, not that you need a lot of big plays, but even though I do want to say that guy, Mike Wallace. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, that guy is exciting. You know, with, with his speed and how he catches the ball, it is big-time exciting. So uh, don't count the Steelers out. Not counting okay. them out. Uh, Franco Harris, what a what a great thing to have you in here today, thank man. You, man. Really, really and, appreciate and it. And thank you for letting me talk about Silver Sport. Uh, you know, at you know, as I mentioned, sold at Dick Sporting Goods. Be a great Christmas present to keep your loved one in shape, and at the same time, make sure that they still well that they stay well. Uh, you know, with their extra layer of protection against bacteria. So uh, thank you very much for letting me have you know to join you today. Anytime, Franco. We appreciate it, buddy. Enjoy it. Thank you. Ron and Fez, the virus on Sirius XM. Dude, you're a little bitch. I am not. I don't even know why I hang out with you guys. Because you're a piece of shit. I am not a piece of shit. Yeah, but you're a little bitch. Sure. God damn it, man. I swear you guys rip on me 13 or 14 more times. I'm out of here. It's undecided. Let's take our time. It's the Ron and Fez Show. Uh, getting ready to play Search, Search, Hurry Up and Search. And uh, let's face something, no one has been able to beat Liam so far. It's, I don't know, I don't know if I feel bad for myself or the channel or everyone who's played so Why far. Why do you have to feel negative? Why can't you just celebrate in the fact that the guy's a champion? I know, he's, he's, he's on a winner. Run. What are you, why are you feeling bad? Why can't you be happy for him? Because he's getting cocky, Ron. Maybe if he was a graceful winner... Things would be better. But look, he's on a ridiculous run. Look, let me just say this. Props to Liam. And I try to say this time and time again, confident, not cocky. And I got that from, who did I get it from? One of our guests? Eddie Brill? Mm, yeah, Eddie yeah. Brill. The great Eddie Brill. And I try to say this to, to Liam every single day. Be confident, but don't be cocky. Um, and I'm saying that as... From a position, as I was told today by Mr. Danny Aiello, that I have a beautiful face. I have the face of what you do to me. I can't even begin to tell you, Ron, because it's just as an Italian, it's a wonderful thing. So uh, let's bring in the champ. He's confident, not cocky. Mm. Liam. Oh, yeah. Jesus. How's everybody doing? Oh, we're just all, uh, we're just all great. A basket might uh, How many days in a row have you won now? I believe this is, uh, this is going to be my seventh. Wow. Today is the seventh day in a row. Uh, there is a, there is a skill to search, search, hurry up and search. And Liam seems to have it. There's, oh, I have uh, it. there's a comfortability there. He is to this game. As the great Franco Harris is to running. By the way, I want to point this out. Franco Harris wants me to get a book for Danny uh, about this about this disease that Danny's son died from. It's the strangest thing. I feel like I just met made two pals today. Um, but it's great going back and forth and talking about it. I got some scary news for you, Uh-oh. Uh, Liam. The person that you're going to be uh, going up against battles 
in the world of the internet, excels in the world of the internet. Really? This person is actually an internet mafia don. And he's got a little bit of dungeon, and he's dealing with the situation of the dungeon. Let's bring him Mafia Life Chris. Mafia Life Chris. Doot, doot, doot. Off he goes. Get up and get him and bring it in. It's like a whole show's going on. He's going to be in this room. It's good music. Ah, you brought in some uh, pizza for us, Chris. As always. And it sounds like there's bottles. Yeah, I, I'm, I come bearing gifts, as usual. Oh, that's nice, you. Now, you're doing something different today. You're wearing a hat with your business name on it, a coat and a shirt, all with the business name on it. But you don't have socks. And that's oh. the next thing I want you to get. All right. Mafia socks. All right. Um, do you I'm know how to play Search, Search, Hurry Up and Search? Of course. Yeah. Of course I do. Uh, do you know Liam? I do. Yeah, yeah we we just met. He's a he's a yeah. Ron and Fez legend. I'm uh, I'm, a little, I'm actually a little nervous here, Ronnie. I'm not he, worried. You uh, well, here's the thing about Chris. He's always done well in anything that he's ever had to do in life. So I've heard. He's worked his way up. By the way, Chris, I'm so disappointed if you come a little earlier. Would have been perfect for Mob Candy, Danny Aiello, yeah. who is now. Enough. Our friend, but I'm going to bring him back for the Phil Carlo thing. I know you guys have done something on Phil yeah. Carlo before. Excellent. Maybe. So I'm hoping to get him to come back here and do uh, something for Phil Carlo. Let me know. I'd really love to great. be here. Well, what I would like you to do is bring some pizza and some drinks for him. <laughs> I will. His entourage. Show. Smells good. You notice how Chris brings gifts? Yeah. D-Rock brings gifts. Yeah, not me. Liam. Liam does not bring fucking gifts. Comes Liam here. is putting his money in the Bed Bath & Beyond. I saw him <laughs> getting onto a bus, and he had bought, and I never saw anyone do this before, he bought a bed and bath there, and I don't know That's what else, out, else he had. But he had a, a bed, he was pushing onto a bus, and a full bathroom. And Ronnie, I was very busy last night. Last, last night was a big, big, busy night up in Harlem. And you I, were uh, loving it, huh? I was love, rubbing shoulders with Jerry Seinfeld. Tony Bennett walked out of his car, and I just, I was floored. Ludi so. uh, Tony Bennett, I think, lives up on 57th. We used to see him all the time when we worked up there. He At CBS, right? Um, well, we were also XM before right. the horrible merger. But the thing no one ever realizes about Tony Bennett, you see him, he looks like a healthy man, right? He does, yeah. His heart is in San Francisco. It's 3,000 miles away. Wow. That's where he left it. <laughs> um, Still alive. Isn't that odd? Yeah. Uh, we are getting ready to do this and I'm start search, search. This is, this is what I do. Search. Why don't you play the theme song for us? What year was Jerry Mathers born? Search, search, hurry up and search! How many stripes are on the Harlem Globetrotters shorts? Search, search, hurry up and search! What's the annual rainfall in Cairo? Search, search, hurry up and search! It's everyone's favorite game show! Search, search, hurry up and search! 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 All right, here we go. We're getting ready to search, search, hurry up and search. Let's do this. Here we go, kids. Uh, we will be debuting a little something on the show later. A song Sherwin Sleeves has done about Mafia Life Chris. Wow. But it ties in to 
Sherwin's uh, sleeves here. Because according to his website, what is the title of episode AMV 14 of Sherwin Sleeves podcast? That is, according to his website, what is the title of episode AMV 14 of Sherwin Sleeves website? It's time to search, search, hurry up and search. Search, hurry up and search. Search, 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 hurry up and search. You said AMV 14, right, Ronnie? I did. I'm looking at the advanced disappearance of Sherwin sleeves. I was just... There it is. All right. I was going to say that. I was just about to say that. I see it on your screen, but you didn't buzz in. I was just Chris, about to say that. thanks for the pizza and the drinks. It's all great. Take care. Right. Enjoy yourself. There, there he was. Jesus that was Mafia Life, Chris. Christ. What the fuck? Take fuck. care. Another one bites the dust. There he goes. He's can going I, off. No, nothing uh, to plug. Uh, plug is for winners. Plug ins for winners. Plug ins for winners. <sighs> I have gifts. Uh, let me just say this. Liam, you did it again. I seven know. in a row. I knew I did. Hope to see you back here tomorrow for eight. All right. Uh, you know, we're getting very... We just have the end of this week. And are we working just three days next week? Three yeah. days next. Yep. Three days next week. So it's very short. Yep. Obviously, no one will beat you. You're a reigning champ. Uh, you will have the most wins. But we will see if you can keep the streak going the whole way. I'm going to be a new Ron and Fez legend, Ronnie. And congratulations for introducing Tony Bennett. To Jerry Seinfeld, and can I tell you something? You live in some kind of a People magazine world where this and that matters to you, but at the end of the day, you'll be visited by three ghosts, and they will tell you your whole life has been done for nothing but celeb worship. Bring them on! I look, and I'll book them on your show. Oh, that'd be great then. Then I'd love to have them. <laughs> thank um, you, guys. All right, thank you so much, Liam. There he goes. There goes the chat. Uh, Sherwood Sleeves, by the way, Fezzi, has out a Christmas album. It is called Tourniquets and Windmills, and you can get the link on 202 Friends on Twitter, or you can also go to Sleeves' site, RadioGhost.com. Uh, 35 tracks on this CD, Tourniquets and Windmills. Some brand new ones, some of the classics you've heard on the Ron and Fez show. Mm. Chris, why don't you stay for a couple minutes here with us? Thank you. Um, why don't you take your jacket off? All right. Uh, I know you that. got all the mafia this and that. Why weren't you here earlier to Mr. Danny Aiello? You think he's one of the great mob actors? I was, yeah, I do. I think I, I was told 1.30 and I like to be prompt, you know? I understand. Otherwise, my pizza gets cold and I was just trying to get Danny you. Danny Aiello actually improvised the line, Michael Quilioni says hi, when he, in Godfather 2. Major. I like to say mafia life. Chris says hi, and then I hit the person with the name announcement. <laughs> uh, have you heard what Sleeves has done for you this year? I yes. I actually, I'm still in shock. Did you ask him to do it, or did he do it on his own? I I have been hinting and oh, that's embarrassing. You know, for no, for a long time. Every right. time I hear him make a song about somebody on the show, right. there's always some type of, man, I wish I had you right. know, my own. And, you know, Sleeves is true to the art. He's one of those people where he's like, right. hey, man, I'll try to do something. And then, like, the next day, just be like, listen, I tried. I, I don't feel like I came up with something creative enough. 
you know, mm-hmm. sorry. And and that's what it's been. And uh, and this time I got an email saying, hey, something came came back to me. Well, and- he actually said to me, he goes, I wanted to write one song I couldn't. I have four different pieces of four different songs. Yeah. So you might be getting an album one day if he ever hey, finishes any of this. It's, uh, you know... <laughs> I'm really excited. I want to. I want to probably have him do the theme song to the reality show. He's well, that would be perfect. Yeah. So the reality show looks good right now. Yeah, everything looks good. Everything looks really good. Actually, we've that uh, we should be filming within uh, within the next few weeks. Actually, mm. we're going to be filming. Uh, one of the first things we film is this. There's a we're having a mob candy prohibition party. Okay, that's going to be the first thing filmed. I don't know if they're filming my son's first birthday and some of the other things. I don't even know if I'm allowed to say this stuff. I understand. I, you got to be careful. I think about it all the time. I says I never personally signed the contract saying certain things, right. you know. And I'm on the show or on message boards answering some questions. Now I don't give away certain things that I know may right. cause legal issues for me, but I share, you know, because you know, I hey, listen. You can't keep it to yourself. Well, I'm excited about it, but at the same time, I do like to appease the absolutely, fa- you know, the people who. So the deal is like your father-in-law's deal, right? Yeah, he's it's the one who's made candy, the deal. Uh, so you can't screw you. that up, or the whole family's going to be mad at you. Yeah, of course. Why can't you just wait, let it play itself out, and then be, you know, it shows up, and we're all like, "Oh my God, why didn't you tell me you were doing this?" Oh, there's tons of stuff, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there are. I got an idea for an episode. Okay. Wherever you guys go, I'm throwing Chinese fighting stars at you. And I don't know, I mean, like, I'm just jumping out from behind stuff, and you're like, what is he doing with all that? One, I, I'm just hoping one doesn't hit me, mm. and I that'd be fine. Or maybe my son and my wife, if they Here's, don't get hit, we're okay. This is my thing. Not a lot of guys always hit you in the calf, because uh, it stings, but it's not life-threatening. But once one of those stars goes into the calf, it hurts like hell. He ain't going anywhere either, probably. No, it's like a horsefly just uh, bit you. <laughs> Except All right, I want to play your song right now, so we can. This is Sherwin Sleeves. Uh, Very emotional. Take, yeah, t- take a listen to it. I'm the Godfather of imaginary mafia. Got devious shows and magagazines, magagazines. I also sell buttons with a picture of a gun on the top of the button. If you got a PC or an Apple or a cell phone. You can play online with me. MafiaLife.com. Plug whore. So what? Uh, forget about it. It's a Mafia Life. Christmas. That's Christmas without the tea. It's a bit of a Mafia hit and a bit of a miss mess. Just the internet. Harry. Come on, take a look here. I sell cigars. I sell shirts and gobble goo. Gobble goo. House feel low, feel low, low, low. In a make believe world of pain. House take a full ride in a illusionary limousine. Grudge your cruise all the same. Long shape to the lake. Put a bullet in my head. Damn, this mother big man's a game. Then I get a text from this fabricated wise guy. And this is what it says. Boom, 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 all the bullets that I mail ya. Means I shot you down, he did, and he time swim. And now, boom, 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 I'm the king of the bedroom, I'm 
bango. I'm shooting yous on the internets with the guns. Wow. <sighs> Touched you in a big way? Yeah, it does. It, I, I said to him, it, I feel like I took a hit of mescaline. It takes me to all the, all the emotions. Um, is that true or a little more? Are you, are you taking mescaline? No, I'm not taking, you I don't some? do drugs. No, thank you. So this is it. This could be the big payoff for you, Chris. We've known you for what, 10 years now? Coming up, yeah. nine years, 10 years? Yeah. And you've always been driven. You've always wanted to become a brand, a major success. And now you're standing there looking at the possibility. Yeah. It's, is uh, it is it exciting or is it a little nerve-wracking? Like, what if it doesn't happen? It's a lot of nerve-wracking, uh, It's and it's a lot of excitement. I believe in what we have. Right. And I know there are some people in some important places down the path. Right. That also believe. But anything can happen. I'm not worried, though. I mean, worst case scenario, plan. I mean, this product, this show, can, if one person don't want it, someone else is going to want it. It's that's, that good. That's big. Yeah, that's what it comes down it's to. It's that good wherever it goes. Now, but do you fear that? Once again, Charlie Brown, they're going to pull the football away from you, and you're going to kick, miss, go up in the air, and come down and land on your ass. I'm a positive energy guy. I believe that that is a possibility mm -hmm. because I've seen networks, once it gets all the way to the very top, that happen. I mean, I've seen them pay for shows and not air it. You know, I mean, it doesn't matter. But I believe and I know this is going to make it. This is, I, I don't think they're going to do that. No. Mm. I, they'd be fools to do so because someone else is going to run with the ball. Now, uh, I'm looking over and people are saying they're already loving this new song uh, by Sleeves, what Sleeves gave to you. I like the boom boom part the best, I think, would be perfect for your Mafia TV show. And I don't want to tell them how to do it, but I would love to produce this show and make every single decision. I, I, you know who could co-produce this with me? My good friend Danny Aiello, my other good friend Franco Harris. You know what? I'm about to have it. You jump in I'm just it? trying to get tired of him. It's really? like he always wants to hang out with me and Danny and Franco. Danny and, and, Fr the Danny and Franco love you, oh, by the way. Stop it. See, here's the thing. Danny and Franco and I are the ones who have everything in common, and I don't think Dick Cavett fits in. Oh, he's like a fucking sore thumb? He's just different. Uh, we're the type of guys we're either talking about the Steelers or great movies. Where Dick Cavett, he's like, oh, aren't I brilliant on the Upper East Side? Oh, yeah, God. you are. But we're not like that. We're so West wants, Side guys. He just wants to talk about himself all the time. Well, no, I didn't say that at all, did I? Because he's a thoughtful guy. Okay. Uh, Chris, anyway, this shouldn't have anything to do with what I think about your show. Are you still dealing with haters? Yeah. The haters got to hate. Uh, I, I'm learning... And I, I give a lot of credit to the show. Uh huh. You know, I, I, a lot of credit. You know, almost all the credit to the show in terms of being able to understand and learn the type of people and the reaction that an audience can give. Right. There are haters. There are always going to be haters. You're talking about a guy who's branding mafia entertainment products. Right. Who's calling himself Mafia Life Chris. 
and and there are people out there that just their main goal is to try to find a flaw or something they can work with to humiliate or embarrass because that's how they entertain that's what they're doing on their message boards or that's what they're doing you know as they're not necessarily trying to brand but that's how they're branding there's hater boards out there there's fan boards Mm-hmm. And then there's haters that are on the fan boards because they're looking to hate, you know, and, it, right. and, and that's what they do. And I, and because, and honestly, thank you guys because of this show and other forums of, uh, of, of broadcasting or just communication. I learned to deal with these type of people and learned that they're going to be there. There's always going to be an audience for them, but there's always going to be an audience for me. They mm-hmm. can't make me go away. And if anything, they're going to buzz me to stardom sometimes. I see what they're doing because, you know, by them not doing anything with their life, it just makes you all the more powerful. Why don't we listen to this sleeve song again while we all get out slices of pizza? Fuzz, can that be what you're in charge of? Pouring I will take care of that. Pizza and the plates, and you're making it all nice the way you do, and everything's perfect. Uh, Hicks, I know you don't like any. Oh, no, I love pizza. Oh, no, you don't like it. Why don't you take one of those silver towels, work okay. it, All right. They fight bacteria. Okay. There's a mat there, too, right? What do we do? We got pictures here? These are these are invitations. Oh, invitations. invitations. Oh. Invitations. This is beautiful. Look at this. this is, uh, I come bearing very, gifts, everybody yeah. individually. Mob candy. I, here I, we I, are, January 15th. Was this open to the public? Yeah. Yes, it is. This Party is the, will be filmed for the Mob Candy reality show. Yes, it will. You're not even allowed to say what network you're on yet. Right? I want to so bad, so, but no, I'm not. I'm not allowed. Is it CBS? Can I just get that out of the way? I'm not even going to. I can't. Because people Is find. It Fox? Is they, it coming they, on they after invest, Idol? They investigate. Well, it's a big network. It's big. It's one of the biggest. Hmm. I do have, uh, and I'm sorry, I, I ordered them. And you know me, I always try to give them out during the holidays. I'm a don't. little backed up, but so but I do have three old sleeve CDs from last year that are signed by sleeves. Wow. To uh nice. you know, donate to the fans and you guys oh, do whatever whatever you want to do. That's awesome. That's copies of Peace Hold, correct? That was the uh first or second album? Oh yeah. Maybe yes, what we could do is play some sleeves uh trivia here today. And uh as usual, some cigars for Ronnie. Well, this is very weird. Who made this with the Scott Muni thing on the back? That Scott Muni had died. I'd well, be robot artist. Yeah, I thought I was going to say someone from so, the dot uh, Peace Hold is the just one song, or is this a whole album? It's oh, a whole album. Cigars. Whole album. Yeah, those cigars are for you. I always do that. And uh, yeah, as you as usual, I basically gave you whatever I had left of whatever my wannabe prize closet, which uh-huh. is an, a, a copy of Gap, a copy of Last Night in Brooklyn, and a copy of Zombie Hunters from Photoshop Mike, and the Peace Hold from last year. Boy, you're very connected with everybody that uh, I, I try. Through. I really, I try to support in in certain ways there's only so much i could do because i'm not up there up there right when i am i mean you could always can you know that you could always unconditionally count on me but I, but while i'm here with my limited resources i always try to let's say if somebody's trying to be an artist i will you know hire them to do some of their art so That's you know beautiful. so you know? here's what you're saying when this show hits and you feel like it's going to 
it's going to be big good news for all of us. It's going to be like we all hit because you're all you're going to let everybody. That's right. My family grows. What my family goes yeah. wherever I go. One hundred percent. It's always going to be like we're all that. going to get to wet our beak on this new show. No doubt. No doubt. You know, but they got to follow me wherever I go, right? I like to, you know. I um, have uh, a, a gift for everybody gift? here. Ron and Fez gift uh, a picture. You know, they my wife. Who's this gentleman? That's my son. Oh my God! That is now, my son. Now he looks like he just got off the boat and he's sixty-two years old. <laughs> yes, he's he got. There's something always funny to me about a little kid in a tie and a vest. It just cracks me up because you're like, wait a minute. Uh, what are you, just got back from your accounting job? What is he, what is he got to be that dressed up? He but, just got back from selling uh, olive oil, Mafia Life right. olive oil, off the boat. Exporting and importing. Yes. Of course, as usual. Oh, look at this. Oh, oh I got wow. something. It's liquor. Now, All right. I know Pepper thinks this liquor is for him, but this one is Tennessee whiskey, Jack Daniels, for the kid. Well, well the All kid's right. not old enough to yeah. drink liquor. Well, He's only 19 years old. Well, then someone else is going to have to drink it for him. Give it yeah. to Chris Stanley. I'll confiscate that green label, Jack. And I'll tell you what, then Chris Stanley ends up with two liquor gifts. Because I, 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 I can't come here without his Jameson. Oh, it's beautiful. That's got a pint of Jameson. Got a fifth of Jack Daniels. It's fucking Jameson. great. It's Christmas, everybody. Come on. Right. Come on. There's pizza over there. It's for fucking sleeve CDs. And I will not leave Fez out. Although I didn't know what to get him. He's a difficult find. He's always a difficult find. But every now and then he likes to take the edge off. He does. And, and this made me think of him. What it's vodka. Fuck? Oh, Jesus. It's vodka. It's a bottle of vodka. Oh, uh, it's like God. a Mexican cock. <laughs> All right, it's a ceramic bottle of vodka made to look like a cock and balls wearing a sombrero. For safe sex. And a very stereotypical Mexican's face on the cock head. I asked the guy, is this tequila? He said, no vodka. And I felt it was perfect. You can take the edge off with your uh, vodka. Yes, and it wears a hat. Uh, yeah, and you wear you pour the shot in the in the sombrero. Fezzy did the big uh, Fez voice for Danny Aiello today. Like, well, whatever. <laughs> Danny was loving it. Well, let thank me, you very much. Let me just much. say this again to you, Fez, because you've been so nice to bring me in here and do everything beautifully for me. Could you bring the music up a little louder in my ears <laughs> as I start to sing this song that reminds me of everything I've done before in the past and in the future? <laughs> Um, Some song. That's a beautiful, uh, beautiful present for him. Thank you. Yeah, that won't get regifted. It is from the. Be too embarrassed to. Yeah. I'll take it. I have three liquor day for. I wish there was a way. To, I wish there was a way to show. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's it's perfect, Fez. There is a way we could take a picture and put it up. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> There's no way. No, it's impossible. I want you two to stand over there, get your picture, and we'll put it out there. Let's hear this song one more time. Now, I want to do this for sleeves. This is a song not available anywhere, nope. but we're hoping it was going to be perfect for the new Mob Candy TV show. I'm the Godfather with imaginary mafia. Got TV shows and my gagazines. My gagazines. 
I also sell buttons with a picture of a gun on the top of the button. If you got a PC or an Apple or a cell phone, you can play online with me. MafiaLife.com Blackhorn! So what? Forget about it. It's a Mafia Life. Christmas. That's Christmas without the tea. It's a bit of a Mafia hit and a bit of a miss mess. Just the internet and me. Come on, take a look here. I sell cigars, I sell shirts, and gobble goo. Gobble goo. House feel low, feel low, low, low. In a make believe world of pain. House take a full ride in a illusionary limousine. Virtual proves all the same. Lost safer to the lake, put a board in my head. Damn this mother, big man's a game. Then I get a text from this fabricated wise guy. And this is what it says. Boom, 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 all the bullets that I email ya. Means I shot you down, he did, and he time swear. I'm shooting yous on the internets with the guns. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. That's a great song. Yeah. He's, he's doing it again. He's like too good. Where's the kid? I want the kid to come in. You got your pizza from uh, Spumani Gardens, Yeah, right? Spumani Gardens. Uh, the kid hates New York. Send him over. Let him just eat this in front of us because... He hates New York? He despises New York. He hates Philly. He hates Boston. I got to take the gift back then. Uh, no, it's my gift now. Oh. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, he can't have it. Which you, he actually got more whiskey than you. Yeah, what the fuck, Chris? So this, uh, <laughs> this is from Spumani Gardens. I want you to sit down and just right. have a slice and stop that. taking forever to do it. Just, you know, in the time that you learn to hate New York, this is a different kind of New York pizza. Uh, it we're looks delicious. Well, how it looks is, has got nothing to do with it. That's not the point of this situation while you're running stuff down i mean it's not it's as hot as it normally would be it's very cold it's fine though. but he doesn't understand brooklyn he hasn't even been over there he's got this whole other, problem yeah he's got this whole other thing i was talking to danny aiello about him today and danny said to me ronnie he's young he doesn't this is not the time he goes this happened to me before when i wanted to keep up my italians on the wall the way that i love to do and they want me to put pictures of black men up there and I don't do that. It's not the right thing for me. Uh, and then later they threw a trash can. Look at me. Ronnie, look at me. They threw a trash I love your face. And I love <laughs> what you do and what you bring here and it means so much to me to say that God bless. But they took a trash can, these dumb fucks, and they threw it right through my window and it burst and it shattered and Spike came over and he said, Danny, God bless you. You've done it again. And I said, that's why that's why I do this. But um, what was I saying? I talk too much on your show. <laughs> How much do you love that man? Seriously. He is so sweet. He puts his arm around everyone that he's talking to. Oh, so it doesn't matter who it is. All right, see. So now, <laughs> now I got my fucking feelings. Come on, no. Oh, yeah, for yeah. a second, I thought I was particular. I want to go to G-Baby here. He's got the golden... This, he, no, holy shit, Ron. This pizza is fucking phenomenal. No one believes your lies. <laughs> I don't know why. I fucking love this. This... <laughs> Yeah, I've never eaten pizza well, until the last the last five months is I the first time I ate pizza. I want you to chill and swallow. 
Yeah, I'm, chewing and swallow. You're just you're talking with it like there was some fucking Texas steer in your fucking I mouth. I can't he wants it. he goes like this. Give me a big rib, like a beef rib, and I'm gonna wear it like it's a mouthpiece. <laughs> I can't take him to Brooklyn. Um, fucking Franco Harris. So you wearing that coat wanted to kill you? Oh, no, I heard he hates talk, Texas. I heard him talking about the cowboy. I'm just gonna stay back. It's Franco Harris. I mean, man's a legend, a living. Immaculate reception. We're already done with that. We've already moved on. I called it conception. We both had a little laugh. And then, this is interesting, it was a Catholic prayer that got him over. Ave Maria. Ron, you understand what the women do when they come and bring things. It's just wonderful. <laughs> Fez says, I put my arm around everyone. It's not true, Ron. I'm not like that. God knows I'm not. But everyone comes around. I can't walk through Paris. That's how well my movies have done. I can't go anywhere. I went to Singapore. And they were a lot... They, gathered because I'm so tall, I'm six foot three, they would just stack up next to me, these little Chinamen. It was a beautiful thing. <laughs> I think the, one of the funniest that had me laughing, I loved the guy, I loved the interview on that, and at the very end, when he was saying how much he loved your face, you should be in movies, and the last thing he said, he just says, you're a good kid. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, it's really beautiful. It's really gorgeous. It's really, it was just wonderful. Um... All right, let's. We're going to talk Golden Globes. We're going to talk with G Baby. Obviously, no one loves movies more than Mafia Life Chris, so we're all going to be in here together. Do we have a song for G Baby, or we just throw it to him like animals? Nico put something together for him. Well, we do? Yeah, back in the day. The Velvet Underground and Nico, or just Nico by himself? Nico by himself. Mm. Or herself? Itself. Let's put it that way. Boom, boom, boom. I'm a Mafia song here. Uh, by the way, I went up and saw him, Chris, and when he did his play, I, w I went up to New Hampshire and saw him. And he sees me and he's like, "Oh my God!" He goes, "Did you bring? Did Chris come?" And I go, "No, he's got other things." And he was, his heart was so broke. Broke. But no, he did say to Matt, right? He goes like this, "Where's Fess?" And I go, "No, <laughs> no." Well, I wish I could have made it. Uh, you could have. That's the funny thing. Okay. You could have, you just, you didn't. No babysitter. But you got a nice uh, nice song out of it, didn't it? It did. That should go into your TV it's, show. Oh, it's going to be. Has to. Um, could I come up with a thing here that maybe this is also a spinoff into a baby cartoon where it's baby uh, mob candy and it's about a bunch of babies trying to come up with a magazine? Sure. Mm. That works. Uh, all right, let's try uh, G-Baby. Adventure, Action. horror, western, crime, comedy, sci-fi, musical, horror, pornography. And now, the movie reviewer who's better than Polo, G-Baby. Sounds like it was done by children. G-Baby in Hollywood. Uh, hey, what's and, up, buddy? I guess everything's a buzz out there with the Golden Globes. Yeah, everybody's talking Golden Globes. Uh, I don't know why. The Golden Globes are the biggest crock in the world, but everybody uh, everybody loves them. Why do you hate them so? It, 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 most people don't know. I mean, they're, the Golden Globes are big because they're on NBC. They're mm -hmm. given by the Hollywood Foreign Press, which is a group of, like, two dozen, like, 70-year-old women who don't write for, like, any reputable thing who just gain some power because they throw big parties. And uh, so when you look at these nominees and you see some of these, like, look jokes on this list, uh, people shouldn't get upset. Now, it's uh, not... They're it, influential. 
It, yeah, it doesn't mean that some of this stuff won't work out for some of these people. You know, we've seen it happen before. Um, what? All right, what is something you're happy about, um, and what is something you're so sad about? All right, um, well, the drama category, they pretty much got right for your best pictures. Um, you got Black Swan, The Fighter, Inception, King's Speech, and Social Network. Um, those are pretty standard, pretty, pretty. Uh, you know, it looks like the way Oscar's going to go. Those five are probably going to be in there. At this point, though, it, the social network is just crushing everything. All the major critics associations across the country, Los Angeles, New York, San Francisco, D.C., they've all named it their best picture of the year. It's going to win this, and it's going to win the Oscar for best picture, no doubt. You got it locked. It's locked in. Uh, but here's where it gets funny is that, you know, well, the Golden Globes had 10 nominees for best best picture before the Oscars did, but they split into two categories. The second one is comedy or musical. And the five nominees are Alice in Wonderland, Burlesque, The Kids Are All Right, Red, and The Tourist. Now, I love The Kids Are All Right. I know you don't like it that much, Ron, but that's going to be in the awards mix come Oscars time. Uh, Alice in Wonderland for the technical stuff, but Burlesque, Red, and The Tourist, I, if, I, I don't even know what to say about this. I saw Burlesque, and I cried like a baby. It was just so... Well, it was because I was being raped um, <laughs> at the time it went on. It's um, it's so hideous that even Cher said it was terrible, didn't she? Yeah, and the producer and director were, were together like 30 years, broke up over it. Because it was so guys. Yeah, because they just hated each other after the end of making this fucking shitty movie. Mm. But Christina Aguilera sang the song... For burlesque, and I, I don't know if she's in it, and, and she's pretty hot, though. She should just sing uh, Genie in a Bottle, and then right into Beautiful. You know what I'm saying? She's beautiful, though, mm -hmm. and she... Uh, so they, are you, Chris. She gets some extra points for that. Sure. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. maybe what to you is the big awards? Is there a critic award that you look forward to to say, this is the way the Oscars go, or anything else? Uh, yeah, I think it's, uh, for me, the... Uh... The, the SAG Awards are very important. Those nominations come out Thursday mm -hmm. because the actors make up the biggest selection of the Oscar not voters. So whatever wins the SAG Award usually wins the Oscar. And I believe the uh, Producers Guild is also a big one. That comes, that starts, uh, those nominations come out in July. Not July, I mean January. But uh, uh, those, are, uh, those are a couple of the big ones. Um, but the, some of the stuff that's out now is like National Board of Review, and uh, and the AFI, and they've all been pretty standard. Uh, Social Network has taken them. Um, King Speech is probably the second most uh, buzzy one, but the kids are all right. And then uh, the biggest surprise, though, I think, for the Golden Globes, and I still haven't seen it yet, but is that True Grit got zero nominations. Is it awful? No, I hear nothing but amazing things about it. I've been trying to get into a screening. I haven't been able to yet. I'm probably just going to see it next week. There was one out. here in the city last night down at the Apple Store. Um, my team, I always say, hey, let me know if there's people we want on the show that are close by. And they'll go like this. We're on it, Ron. And then I see this, and I'm like, um, well, anyway, the thing is here, G-Baby, I'm here, and it's a, a family film. It kind of makes me nervous. Yeah, I, I think that might just be the... Uh the, the rating, because it's PG-13, I think, so maybe they don't really get into a lot of violence and stuff, but I, was, I hear it's pretty intense. Uh, I, I, I can't say for sure, you know. I did hear the family thing a little bit, too, 
but I don't think it's family in like Toy Story 3 family. I think it's more family in that it's, the whole family can go see it, maybe not appreciate it in the way that a fan of the Coen Brothers could appreciate it. I would always take my kids to see Coen Brothers films, so I would know the difference. I'm like, this is very, I'm serious. I'd be like, this is Motors Crossing. So it's a lot better than that cartoon you wanted to see. You're going to love it. Uh, G-Baby, you always say your favorite awards is the People's Choice Awards. Why is that? Why do you love when Iron Man 2 wins something? Well, no, actually, I think it's the MTV Awards are probably oh, my right. favorite. And that's just because where else can you see the award for Best Kiss? And best uh, action scene. I mean, but really, that's what it's all about. Isn't and it funny with Twilight when Twilight wins everything. You when know, you let right, the, the right people front. choose and vote, they pick just shit. It's the funniest <laughs> fucking thing in the world. That the worst. And here's what's interesting. It's the award that carries the least amount of prestige. That you're like, oh, what was that award? Oh, it's nothing. I got it from the masses. It's uh, it's a fucking embarrassment, really. Um, it was up between me. And uh, the guy from fucking King of Queens for acting like a security guard. Exactly. People are embarrassed of a People's Choice Award. Yeah. Why? The people picked me. Guess who else the people what? pick? Uh, the president. This is how fucked up we are. <laughs> if we were brilliant, we would let the Academy choose our president, and we'd have somebody <laughs> that we could be proud of. Because they would do a much better job than the people do. The situation for president. The people probably would. They were like, oh, the situation is running? Snooky. I know him. Unless he's running against, yeah, we'll give him name the whole fucking thing. We'll do Pauly D next. <laughs> you could do Ron. it like the Heisman. And once you've won the presidency, then you actually, you get a vote. So the, and the Academy is the same way. That's yeah. the, the same people that they're former Academy Award winners. Um, so, G-Baby, it's all about the social network for you. It's a slam dunk now. I think, yeah, I think it's a slam dunk. I don't know about every single award, but I'm pretty sure the, the major awards, picture, director, screenplay, it's pretty much got locked down. Uh, everybody's still talking about uh, Eisenberg for best actor, but he's got a lot of competition. The Stuttering King is going to beat him. Yes, that would be a was that's yeah, that's probably what's going to happen. Is Firth's going to win for uh, King Speech? Mm -hmm. um, but we're still it's still early. I mean, it's not even 2011 yet. Oscar nominations will come out for another month or so. Don't so say that. I was hoping to rerun this later after the first of the year. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, it's 2011 now. Oscar nominations come out real soon, and uh, things could change. Social networks buzz could have uh, peaked a little high, uh, but I don't see anything that could come up. You know, X, have you minute. seen Social Network? I have it on my computer. I haven't fucking given it a chance. You have it on yet. your Facebook? Yeah. That would be amazing <laughs> if you could watch it on Facebook. That makes sense. Jesus Christ. Zuckerberg, get on that shit. Uh, he hates it. He hates this movie. Whatever. It's got his fucking logo on it. Fuck it. Promote the shit. Uh, did you see it, kid? Yeah, I actually went to the theaters and saw it. <clears throat> well, I don't. Where do you fucking think I see it? You don't oh. fucking look it out the window? Well, I thought I'd just download it like Hicks. And no, I, I, don't like to, I don't like to watch <laughs> a movie like that. No, I thought it was I thought it was incredible. I mean, the direct, Really? Uh, the direct, I mean, just... The story is good in and of itself, but then how David Fincher just made it, I thought the way it was directed was just really fucking cool. Well, what I think is kind of cool, G-Baby, is it looks like, if you look at the people we have here, the new class of directors are in now. You know what I mean? Like the guys that yeah. used to be our hot young directors that are going to be the next yeah. big thing are now the mainstream guys. No, yeah, it's true. David Fincher, I mean, the guy who did... Uh 
Yeah, like you said, you know, Fight Club is now going to win a best Oscar, a best, you know, an Oscar for best director. Plus, you look at the other people, just looking at the Golden Globe list in front of me, the nominees for director besides Fincher are Aronofsky, who's one of those guys. Right. Chris Nolan for Inception is one of those guys. Oh, Russell is one of those guys. And then Tom Hooper for King's Speech isn't really one of those guys. But, you know, four out of five is pretty good. Four out of five is that that you kind of felt like, all right, this is the late 90s, early 2000s class, you know? Uh, that are kind of finally pushing uh, away some of the more established guys. And these are now the established guys. Yeah. Though, I mean, it's also a lot of the established guys had movies out in the last two years. Mm-hmm. And, like, next year they have movies. I was just looking at the schedule for next, like, this time next year. And in December alone, we get a new movie by Martin Scorsese, Cameron Crowe, two Steven Spielberg movies, and then uh, and then Brad Bird and David Fincher. But, like... That's pretty insane. Like so, like you know, these guys are they're working now in their movies. That's why they're not around right now. So I think the uh, the new guard still has some competition. What's um, Spielberg doing? Jurassic Park four and five. He's got uh, he's got Tintin, which is the uh, the computer animated movie, and then he's got this movie called The War Horse, which is the tale. Of, it's a World War One movie about uh, a horse. I, I don't know, but I don't know, but uh, it'd probably be good. Any yeah. gangster movies? Coming up, um, gangsters. I didn't no, even know. Scorsese is doing a kids movie, so no, no, nothing there. Scorsese is move, making a movie out of the book. Uh, I hear you paint houses about the Irish guy, who I told you before. I met oh, yeah. this guy when I was a kid, and he was the guy that his fucking thing was. He was the last person. His, I, I think it was Jimmy Hoffa's uh, book was like. Having fucking lunch with Frank was the last thing <laughs> that he had wrote in his fucking book. I used to see this fucking guy around this place down in Delaware when I was a kid who, I will say this, got the unions behind a young senator who went on to become the vice president of the United States. But there was another thing, a guy in the fucking bar told me this story, that he, was, he always had this fucking broad with him all the time. He always had this chick. And then she got hit by a train. And the fucking bartender says, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Here, you know, your, your girlfriend got hit by a train. And he goes, fuck her, she was a cunt. <laughs> so, I mean, it's unusual at that fucking time. I don't know why this gets a laugh, because it's a fucking frightening story to me. But, um, the, you know, it's unusual for a human being to get hit by a train in a fucking area like that. Where are you walking, honey? There's nowhere to walk. They make a movie about that guy. Yeah, they are. So oh, what? No, I'm saying it's about time they put out another mafia movie. Well, it's he's an Irish guy, so it's not going to be his mafia, but he's tied in with Hoffa, and it's going to be the union stuff. It's Philly and and Wilmington, Delaware, but uh, but De Niro's doing it with him. De Niro's doing it with Scorsese. De, uh, De Niro and Pesci, and yeah, I think it's called The Irishman, and it might be his project after he finishes the movie he's working on now. Nice. He's got a bunch of projects like uh, that he's got, you know, sort of lined up, but... That, and I don't? Is that what you're likely. saying, G-Baby? I got nothing happening? Hmm? Hmm. All right, well, I, I didn't know that you hated the Golden Globes this much. I thought maybe you'd have a little attachment to it living out there in Hollywood, but this is garbage to you. It's just trash. It's trash. You, you watch it because, uh, unfortunately, a lot of the people who do get an Oscar vote don't really get out there and see all the movies. So they'll watch that, and they'll sort of go by these nominees and sort of just pick and choose and watch those movies, and it sort of becomes a precursor. So unfortunately, because of TV, it is influential, but if you dig deep about into it, it's really, really 
crappy. So I don't personally put a lot of. Uh, well, G Ricky Gervais is going to host it again. Yeah, and it'll be fun. It'll. I mean, it's always a fun show. Everybody gets drunk, and uh, you know, you never know what somebody's going to say on the podium. But um, the awards themselves are, you know, kind of crappy. I don't like anything where you allow TV to come along, too. I don't want to go from, like, best picture, and now the best comedy and TV, and all of a sudden these fucking people come walking up like two and a half men. You're like, what are you doing there with the real actors? This is Darren Ofnoski, and then this is the cast of Glee. This is going to be great. Like, what See? the fuck? Why do you got to run down Glee, though? Because they remind me of you when you're all fresh-faced like that. Uh -oh. And why do you got to run down the TV people? I don't understand. Oh, TV? yeah, that's right. Well, you're a TV guy. TV people aren't stars? No. Um, no, they're not. But they are better than radio, if that means anything to you. <laughs> Um, and now Fez told us a thing that sounds like radio on TV, this new fucking show. I don't know. It's TV, but you can't see the people singing. So look at this. She's like a fucking fuck? infant, the way she's walking down the hall here. She's throwing her hands around. Look at you. Yes. It's kind of crazy right here. Some today. of the, yeah, the Shade 45 kids. I don't know what the fuck they're on these days. The Robins? I don't, yeah, I don't judge. I don't judge at all. Well, I appreciate it, G-Baby. I got to take a break here. But I right. guess Thanks, Bob. I want to talk to you. I don't know whether we should do it at the end of this year or at the beginning of next year. You're kind of uh, top ten if you have one. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I usually uh, will get that out on the uh, New Year's Eve or okay. New Year's Day. So maybe uh, right, uh, when you guys get back from vacation. As soon as we come back, I know... Uh, last year, his uh, favorite movie was Killer Robots. Second favorite was Flying Killer Robots. And the third one was, uh-oh, look out for those killer robots. But you do like to see robots killing each other. Oh, yeah. Can't, the next year's got a couple of real good ones, too. Can't uh, wait. Uh, by the way, I did hear, and I don't like to give things away, but all these guys were sitting there where uh, Mikey Boy said to us, you know, I really very rarely agree with G-Baby, but I did like Kick-Ass. <laughs> and then we all laughed and went like this. <laughs> because uh, we had a new kind of aggressive Mikey boy. I'm not even used to this Mikey boy. He was starting fights. He was... Uh, Just pulled the fucking plug right out of the TV right in the middle of the oh, game. Oh, I didn't even like, think oh, of that. Shit. He yanked the plug out. <laughs> What's going on? Then he got got like taking pictures of Dave's like I'll post this. We're like, well, we'd like to tell the Dave story when we get back on Monday. Yeah, we don't want to be like, guess who was at the party? We heard, we saw Mikey Boy's tweet. It was Dave, and demanded on eating first. I didn't even remember that he did. Yeah, he wanted his hoagie immediately. Did that throw off your whole party? I think it threw it off a little bit. Well, it made it uncomfortable because I already felt like something was going wrong. Mm -hmm. And when all of a sudden Mike E. Boy became angry Mike E. Boy. His, his name is now Mike E. Boy. <laughs> like Mike Edward Boy. Um, he became angry? Who was he angry at? Well, I, it felt like when he said that he hadn't eaten all day, there was a tone to him that I'd never heard before. Who did he say it to? Uh, to HTG. That's odd. What was he like? I haven't eaten all day. Yeah, just basically snapping. Well, well, did she forget to feed him breakfast? Is that what she's supposed to do? I don't think Dr it's her job. Drive around Tribeca in an oatmeal truck, making sure everybody gets something to eat? I don't know what happened at this party. Uh, by the way, the only reason why we weren't invited is because it was a football owner's party. I understand. Mm. But it was something.
It was actually the beginning of the end. Have you ever gotten around to apologizing because you were a little cranky with Blowhard yesterday? No, I have not. I want you to send him an email. Just simply say, I was a little nervous, cranky. I wanted everything to go perfect. This had nothing to do with you. It had to do with myself. Matter of fact, I'm going to write it up and just have you sign it. All right? Well, I'll... Give me two big thumbs up. Like, yay, Ron's got the idea. Put the thumbs up. Oh, all right. And what do you say? How do you say it? Woo! Yay, Ron's, Ron's got good. the idea. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> all right, so there you have it, uh, Blowhard. And then put that CC Thor on that. Because I talked to both of them last night. And you know what? Even get one out to Cliff Lee. I want to start and get him in on everything. <laughs> Remember when he used to be at Texas? Uh, I know. He ain't no more. Not anymore. He ain't I don't no know. More. You know what I love hearing from Yankee fans? We never wanted him. <laughs> <laughs> we had no desire. Good. Fuck him. No desire. Let Jeter pitch. Why can't Jeter just pitch from shortstop? <laughs> I love that scene on ESPN. It was like the Rangers offered this much, the Yankees were matching, then the Rangers matched the Yankees, and the Phillies were not even close to either of them. But that's when yeah. that's where he wanted to play, which yeah. I kind of dig. I'm stunned. Oh, I'm shocking. literally stunned. Yeah, it was. I mean, I was when I came up. I got a text this morning, like five from ESPN. It said Phillies. What I thought. Well, I found out right before I went to bed. People started emailing me. Oh, okay. And then I quickly cut and paste and sent it to my dad. And then I got a big, this is the best Christmas present you ever gave me. So I'm writing back, you're welcome, Pop. I wanted you to have a great pitching rotation. You know, just taking full credit. Like in the middle of his, I think in his head, it's like, look what Ryan did for me on the internet. I want to get my dad a lot of mafia stuff from you, if you could. Yeah, definitely. Uh, okay. Because, oh, God, does he like being online and just pretending he's a mafia guy? Really? No. How would he? He's an older guy. Yeah, old people play. You know, uh, he doesn't know what to do with it. You know, he was in World War II. What is he going to do now? Pretend he's killing people? There was a time of his life where he was running down the street like this. Hey, look, I got a rope full of Jap heads. But now that he's back, he like, no, we don't like to pretend kill. Um, all right, G-Baby, I'll talk to you later. All right. Later, boy. That G-Baby does not like those Golden Globes. Uh-uh. Trash them left and right. I like the Golden Globes. That made for some uncomfortable radio. Mm-hmm. Very much so. The Golden Globes. I mean, how do you nominate Burlesque and Scott Pilgrim? Come, I mean, come on. That's so disappointing that Scott Pilgrim didn't get well, in. First of all, you argue that we're not foreign, so we shouldn't give a shit. No, I guess that's We're true. like, look what these crazy foreign <laughs> people like. You don't have to fucking take it on. That's what I never understand. I never understand why people go... How, look, this is a reflection on me. <laughs> a, you're not voting. And B, they're using the word foreign. They get to be first, though, and that hurts. But there's foreign people who eat cat. <laughs> you know what I mean? But we're not screaming, well, I'm not eating. Of course you're not. You're not foreign. Oh, this is nice. You got spoon. What, are you not eating anymore? I, I want to have a lot He's right here. God, please eat in front of him. You have done some kind of an anti. Brooklyn thing that has hurt Chris over the years. I have As I say, you're eating too? Oh, yes, it's fantastic. You're not too filled with your fucking deep fried macaroni? What happened with you going to Chelsea anyway? What, what are you doing back on Roosevelt Island, sitting there every week with a buck summit on with a fucking couple of straight, well, regular guys just watching TV? What happened was I haven't gone back to Chelsea since I quit drinking. It was kind of like a nerve thing. I understand. When you're sober, it seems disgusting. I didn't even fucking think of that. <laughs> Not disgusting, yeah, just I nervous. I would have to be up. so drunk to even 
let this come into it. Uh. I'd have to be drunk and driving. That's how drunk I'd have to be. You want to have like a little bit, a little taste of your whiskey? Yeah, I guess so. Sure. Okay. Start with the Jamesons. Doesn't take much convincing. <laughs> okay, let me just smell the Jamesons because I just want to no. No, I just want to smell it. Uh, it makes me miss my grandfather. This would be his breath. And he'd always say this to me. He goes, you know your grandmother? And I'd say, yeah. And he goes, I'm going to kill that fucking woman. <laughs> and he would always say this. So I'd be a little kid. He goes, never tell her where we go. All right? Don't tell her that I make you sit in the car while I go inside there. Um, Brett, you're on running Fez. Hey, Brett, we got you, buddy? Yeah, yeah, I'm here, Ronnie. Yeah. Uh, I got a spy report for you. I want to hear this. It's uh spy report. Spy report. Spy report. Yeah, I um, they were talking about it on Mike Francesca's show earlier that uh, Cliff Lee's kid has leukemia, and like Davey Mack knows that the uh, top children's hospital in uh, the U.S. is in Philly, so that's actually why he chose uh, to go there. That's a beautiful story. Let me just say this: chop, 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 chop. Chop, Maybe where chop. it is, every time he strikes someone out, we call it a chop. All right, let's do it. Fuck it. Well, it turned out to be a real break for us with that kid being sick. Um, but, but isn't that a wonderful thing, if it's a true story, to put your son above, you know, everything else? Oh, that's incredible, man. That's He actually said, he goes like this, he goes, I will leave Dallas if I have to in a coffin. He goes, I got to get out of here. Um... But I honestly thought he was going to go to New York. What's it, you, you need a break? We need a break, yeah. Well, say it. Don't do this thing here. You look kind of... <laughs> oh, like, you know, like, like that? You know, like you got a cock. And oh, God. I will never do that again. I didn't realize it looked like that. Didn't it look like he was bending the cock, Chris? <laughs> a little bit. Oh, he's bending it? Oh. We're going to come back with your mafia song, and then I want you to... Uh, and you got the 12 plugs of Christmas, right? I do. I want we come back with the 12 plugs of Christmas first, and then the uh, mafia song by Slaves, and we'll see who, how they stack up. We'll see how the talent goes. Uh, after the jump, run fest. I'm the Godfather of the imaginary mafia. Got Davy shows and magagazines, magagazines. And I also sell buttons with a picture of a gun on the top of the button. If you got a PC or an Apple or a cell phone, you can play online with me. MafiaLife.com. Lockhorn. So what? Uh, forget about it. It's a mafia life. Christmas. That's Christmas without the tea. It's a bit of a mafia hit and a bit of a miss mess. Just the internet. And me. Come on, take a look here. I sell cigars. I sell shirts. Gobble goo. House feel low, feel low, low, low In a make-believe world of pain House take a full ride In a illusionary limousine Virtual proves all the same Don't save me to the lake Put a boat in my head Damn this mother big man's a game Then I get a text From this fabricated wise guy And this is what it says Boom, boom, boom On the bullets that I nail ya I shot you down, he did, and he times swear. 
bango. I'm shooting yous on the internets with the guns. I need the boom, boom, boom part over here on my replay so I can play it anytime I need. That song touches you, huh? That part, boom, 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 it nearly almost makes me cry. Really? Yeah. That's... Why, they used to call you that when you were a kid? Boom, boom, boom? No, just... You know, just sleep. I really respect so his artist. You work so hard too, Chris. No one knows that about you. I do work hard. Yet he still takes shit from people. Why? Well, because you know, like I said, it's hard to do what I do. Do you hate the haters? No. You don't care. I don't hate anybody. You seem as pathetic and sad. Me and my wife are two, you know, different entities. She hates the haters. She. Yes, she, she even hates me and Fez. She has no filter for anybody who she's just like. Wait, she loves she's her too, Christopher. She's too real for anything. If she, she, if you insult her, whether it's a joke or not, she's gonna just you know it, come lashing out on you verbally. And if it's in the street, no one's looking. She'll smack you know. No cops are around. She'll right. smack you. She don't care about anything. When you're driving I home at night, you're so tired. You, you ever think to yourself, "What have I done wrong? Am I shouldn't be mad at anything?" <laughs> no, no. No, I, I I have the ability to keep her in uh, in, in check. Back of your head? A little bit. Um, by the way, we got to do this today. It's always a wonderful thing. Today's search, search, hurry up and search. Winner is... It's, uh, I'm going to say Mitty Dad, but there's not two T's there, so it's M-I-T-Y-D-A-D. Congratulations on the search. Mitty Dad! Nice. Boom, boom, boom. That's my favorite part, too. It's funny. We both have the same favorite part. It's powerful. It is. That's how you deal with the haters. I know you. sometimes they get you down. You got to be like Chris. Yeah, I'm not like Chris. I tend to start hating back. You hate him. Yeah, I, I, I hate a hater. You ever say to yourself, I hope they die? Uh, I've thought that, yes. That, mm. that thought has run past my mind several times. I have a, I have a, an honest soft spot for anybody that I see being hated on. I see. It's a, it's a genuine feeling that like it's almost like I feel like I'm, I want to mentor them on how to deal with hate. That's it's, good. It's when I see it on Twitter, it you know, I'm always uh, people are telling me I'm obsessed with Angelina, but she takes a lot of hate, and she's my favorite from the show. They're mean so, to her too, aren't they? Yeah. They fucking yanked her off that show twice. Yeah. So did my uh, song win over the sleeve song? I did that in one take, Ron. Well, guess what? You should have taken ten takes because it was fucking <laughs> horrendous. And you were calling it Facebook or whatever the hell. It's Facebook. I, I could not say so, Facebook. Coming back. That's why you take two. No, I can't do it because <laughs> that's why I couldn't haven't put out a podcast anytime soon since the first couple I did because my studio is in my house and ever since I had the baby, there's like constant noise. I cannot. I, like that, I need to find a studio. I like a baby in the background. I think it makes it for good radio. Really? <laughs> uh, Chris, this went fast. It was great having you in here today. Thank you, man. We're um, we're working on a couple more books, too. So I'm, uh, one more coffee table called Brooklyn uh, Gangsters. And another uh, old, old magazine Frankie used to work on called uh, Mobster Times. Mm -hmm. So Mob Candy is kind of bringing it back. If you Google it, you'll probably find some really old issues. It's, uh, it's We're going to bring back Mobster Times. I'm I'm also working on a magazine now. I call it Chinese Stars and You, and I hope it works oh. out. Um, and the whole thing of the magazine is basically is I could I could kill you with a Chinese star anytime I want. Can I get a subscription to that? 
Yeah, you can. Oh, fuck yeah. You can get what I call the gold subscription. Oh, can be a gold member? Wow. Yeah, which means at any given time I could show up at your house and throw a Chinese star into your calf. Oh, well, it'll be nice to see you, at the very least. Sure. It's always great when we get together. <laughs> when you pay more money, there's more chance of you getting there you go. fucked up. So finally, you pay me enough, I'll just fucking do it to you right there as, they, as you <laughs> hand me the fucking cash. I'll right. fucking put your eye out. I could sell it. Uh, thanks so much for your gifts, cigars, pizza. I love you guys, man. Much. Whiskey, whiskey. Fuzzy, would you please go online and view with that with that vodka bottle in your mouth? People have to see this. Vodka. The Mexican cock and just, balls. Vodka let's see what bottle. it looks like in your mouth right now. Yeah, let's take a look at that. <laughs> look, get your mouth around. Well, you gotta it. understand how to do. You got what no the, fucking oh my talents God. for this. Uh, you got zero oh, talents no. for this. Why do you why do you think that you have a secret? <laughs> I have a secret. No, uh, dude, that's not the fucking look. Uh, By the way, you'd never do that with your wife, right? No. She, she kiss. No. So any woman by Hoyle that gives you head, you think of as a pig. Yeah, You're like, go ahead, skank. It's a little uh it's a little risque for for the wife. It's, uh, I, she kisses my children with that mouth. But let's say this: the girlfriend before this one, did she? All the all the all the rest in the back, uh, you know. Uh, so you had no intention. Touch. You had no intentions of being with this. No, I, you know, I didn't know out. anything about love and uh, true love and marriage and spending the rest of my life with somebody until I met my wife. Let me thank my best friends right now, Danny Aiello and, of course, Franco Harris, two guys that uh, I think of seriously, his family. They're wonderful men. You still drinking? I got my hands around the bottle, you sure. You look like Lincoln. Oh, Homestar, what is it? Uh, that's the end of my show. Donk. <laughs>